With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following may contain offensive language, adult humor, and or content that some viewers may find offensive. The views and opinions expressed by any one speaker does not explicitly or necessarily reflect or represent those of Mark Rattledge or W2M Network. Please listen with caution or don't listen at all. All right, folks, we are here. It's election night coverage, 2022, the midterms. <laughs> I am your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattles. And joining me in the control center is our correspondent. <laughs> control center? What the hell are we controlling? <laughs> our correspondent on the scene, our, our election specialist, Robert Winfrey. How do you do, sir? I earned none of those titles, for the record. <laughs> none. It's been a while since we've done this. I was actually talking to Melissa because yeah. um, we've never done it on StreamYard before. We we did this for a couple of years uh, off the, and on. Yeah, you and I did this for 2016. Mm-hmm. I uh, like when, we did it before that, too. Uh, I don't think we did anything live before that. Uh, at least I didn't. I, okay. I can't speak to what you may have done. But yeah. You and I did 2016 when you know the, the last election in american history right yes okay one <laughs> right i i remember that one i remember that one distinctly and we must have done that on like google chat or something because that something was the thing like, like that, i yeah. like i needed graphics for Streamyard and everything and so my wife was like like what are you why are you looking so angrily at the computer i'm like i i don't know what to do like i i've never done this before i'm, I, I'm trying to pick graphics and everything because with google chat it was just whatever the background was yeah um but yeah we did the trump election and what was fun about Again, that? The end of democracy, right? Yeah. Never well, another election in the history of the United States of America. What was fun about that was this is you know after two terms of Obama, two terms of Bush, and a lot of talk about like election fraud and stolen elections and things like that. And of course, yet another sort of Reagan esque. Nobody I knew was going to vote for Trump, kind of a thing. Yeah. So, um, plus we have you know the long storied history of cable news outlets calling elections. And then having those calls questioned. So no, now no one calls anything. So you and I are like calling Florida. 
you know, like hours, hours, hours before any major outlet called it. Wolf Blitzer was like tearing his clothes asunder. Like, he, like nobody wanted to do anything. And we were there like, was, no, 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 there was fine. much he rending. Won. There was much rending of garments and wash and gnashing of teeth and wailing. Yeah, it really was. So that was, was hilarious. A fun one. Um, I don't remember if we did 18 or not. Um, we did not do 18. We did 2020 when you had so many technical issues. You just kind of threw up your hands <laughs> and said, go forth. And I was talking with Andrew at the time. So Andrew yeah. Graham and I have the 2020 coverage. Right. And that was on Spreaker. Uh, so that was audio only, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, we only Could did one been. video. That we, only, we only did the one video. So here we are again. This is, the, I guess, our third time doing this. Andrew is off in the wild hunting, uh, hunting wild game. So he's not here to join us. But we have friends watching online on Twitter and Twitch. Oh, do um, we? YouTube. Yeah. Hello, uh, friends. <laughs> yeah, J- Jason, uh, rising the raising the ire of my father, yelling red, red, red on Twitch. So we're happy to have him here. All right, let's get into midterm well, elections. Who's going to okay. control? Who's going to win Congress? Hang what on. governor? What? Go- hang on. What governorships right. are going to? Remain red, turn blue. Where Remain are we blue, going? Turn red. Who knows? Right. That's where. That's what we're looking at here, and that's what. As far as what Robert and I are going to do, I have Fox News up. Which, by the way, <laughs> I was talking to. I was on a date the other day, and you know, I'm talking to another social worker in the poly community. Take a wild guess what their political affiliation was. Uh, <laughs> I imagine um, they were they were writing in Bernie Sanders for everything. <laughs> Ralph Nader. Um, <laughs> Nader. So anyway, um, so I said, you know, I I understand there's reticence to do to deal with anything Fox News for any number of reasons, but I said you got to understand something. I really did try to watch MSNBC and I really did try to watch CNN. Look, even at some point, presentation matters, and those two have, and in, in the twenty odd years that they've been a cable news outlet, have not figured out how to present the news in a way that isn't an eyesore. I don't know how MSNBC still thinks trotting out Rachel Maddow constitutes... Uh, Robert is frozen. There we go. There we go. You're back. not me. That was you. Oh, uh, well, somebody was frozen on some side. Go ahead. Whatever. My my joke there was... It it shocks me that MSNBC still thinks that trotting out Rachel Maddow is... In the height of presentation for political commentary. She's got her fans. Anyway. Allegedly. All right, so go into your thing. What were you, gonna, what were you about to say? Uh, all right, before we get into this, because unlike those jackasses, Mark and I have the ability to be honest. <laughs> so, biases on the table. Mark lives in Florida. I live in Utah. Mark and I do not agree on everything politically. I am personally not party affiliated. I'm not a member of any political party, major or minor. My general worldview leans a bit more on the conservative side of things. Mark is a bit more representative of the average American. (laughs) So what are your, again, your potential, again, what's coloring your perspective on this? I don't know. To be clear, let, let me preface. Let me, before I give you that one. I'm not rooting for anything here. I have no vote. I have no rooting interest. Did you vote? Yes. Okay. I voted too. Well, we have now signaled our virtue. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a registered Republican. Easy. 
Um, I, I, in the state of Florida, if you want to vote in the midterm, if you want to vote rather in the primaries, you have to, you have to have a, um, you have to be the party that you're voting for. So it's pretty common. Yeah. Again, I understand that again, not registered, not party affiliated. I don't get a say in primaries and I'm okay with that. I, it makes entire sense to me that only people associated with a party should get to have a say in who is put forth to the general election. So I like to participate in the primary election. Um, speaking of Florida, we got to get we got to start covering some of that because we will. Yeah, DeSantis is actually giving his acceptance speech now, but we'll get to that in a moment. So yeah, I am a registered Republican because I choose to vote in the Republican primary, and I can't if I register as an independent. Um, I have some fairly progressive views uh, on um, abortion, on drugs, on the death penalty. I have some more conservative views where um, where family values are concerned uh i work in the correctional health field so i definitely have some concerted opinions on law enforcement some run counter to the law enforcement itself and some are right in line with law enforcement i tend to be i tend to be at least a sympathetic ear when it comes to law enforcement side of things just because i I work with these people daily so you so you look at what's going on in like california or whatnot and you just recoil in horror yeah i don't believe in defund the police i can tell you that much (laughs) um so you know, Robert and I, over the years of doing podcasts, we've definitely had our our debates and discussions and disagreements over a variety of thematic sociopolitical issues. Um, again, as he said, we don't always agree, but we can we can at least have an intelligent conversation. As far as like, I mean, I, I voted a certain way. Um, I certainly had my thoughts about who I should vote for and who I shouldn't. But ultimately, I'm not really rooting either. My uh, <laughs> my my take on most political elections is ideally i'd like the best candidate to to win but you know the best candidate usually isn't running um as far as ideas go i the best ideas from either party works for me i'm not really solely committed to one ideology yeah, you can't with that said let's talk about Florida. you can't trust anyone who actively seeks public office it's a bad <laughs> indicator of their personality yeah all right um so it looks like uh in florida right now marco rubio won his senate uh his senate race against val demings uh uh, i've got the new york times up right now with let let, look let's just live let's just go with desantis here because the man won by over a million votes um yeah looking at the results here going down to governor ron desantis beat charlie chris 59.1 to 40.3 with 86 percent of the votes in yeah, that was an early this was an early night for florida um you know it's funny so you know i, I put my dad on tiktok and my dad rants and raves hmm. and you know he uh, he does his thing and i do it because i find it amusing but also his stuff tends to get a lot of views on tiktok and political I'm, stuff you know, look if you're not a big um brand on tiktok then political stuff is a cheap and easy way to gain traction right and i'm if, if i'm nothing if not cheap and easy especially when it comes to content so I will put my father on there saying any kinds of stupid shit just because it gets it gets me the hits that I want. So but I'll tell you, um, folks that I work with had questions for him. It's like, if DeSantis is so bad, why her poll showing him beating Chris by 10 points? That's a question they wanted me to ask him. But I think it's an interesting one to, to sort of kick around for a moment, especially in light of the fact that DeSantis slaughtered Chris in, the, in this race. You know, if. I think uh, a little ways back, my dad put like a TikTok out there. He was referring to him as like Ron Death Santis. And yeah, that was because of the he, COVID stuff. 
but that doesn't seem was... to have that that doesn't seem to have resonated with people. Like people seem the people of Florida seem to have accepted and appreciated his handling of COVID and voted in kind. And I think I mean, the other thing about this is it, it, the, the interesting thing, and you brought this up in our chat right before we went live, is that he did really well in a traditionally blue area, Miami Dade. A few different ones, actually. Yeah. There's a few. There's a few precincts that are traditionally a lot bluer that have that flopped for good old DeSantis there. And yeah, look, people appreciated how he handled COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, much as I appreciate that we live in a political society now where you try to meme everything, you're not going to get death Santis over when we all saw what happened in New York. Yeah, sir. That ain't happening, buddy. I, I appreciate that you may not have been happy with his leadership and his decisions. And I respect that, but he wasn't, he wasn't Andrew Cuomo shoving sick people into nursing homes. I don't want to get too much on a tangent about COVID. I don't feel like this is the place for that. Or, or but I will. Well, tell hang you, on. We have at, to. We do, we have to talk about it for a fairly specific reason. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at MSNBC or CNN, mm-hmm. when these poor schmucks are desperately trying to explain why are people voting red, the response you're getting is a lot of, "Well, we're dealing with post-COVID trauma." <laughs> I'm not kidding. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I wish I was. <laughs> Related to specifically the the handling of COVID, there was anecdotally. I mean, I'm not sitting here with stats in front of me, but just from you know being around and talking to people, there was <clears throat> there were essentially two camps here in Florida. There was the lock everything down, separate everyone from everybody, don't leave your house camp, and these people were desperately afraid of being sick and dying. And certainly before the vaccine, um, it was a very real fear. This this was killing people. It, it killed a lot of people. So it's so for those people who feared death by COVID, they wanted DeSantis to do more. They felt like opening up, we opened up too early. We felt like they, they, we, those people felt like the. Um, Is that a Freudian the, slip the, from you there? <laughs> not necessarily. The loosening of the reins and the allowing of more social contact. Um, so early on after the lockdown because i'll tell you the lockdown happened in florida from about march to june by june we were just starting to slightly open up again you know there were a couple of things here and there that were open by i think like september the kids were back in school thanks um man have you not again i not to derail this but have you seen mm -hmm. some of the horror stories that are coming out about what the the places that have kept kids on remote learning for almost two years now have done. Yeah, we've created feral children. I'm well aware of that. Um, I, mean, I mean, your children are feral, more honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, you, but you're bringing up a really good point. The You couldn't help but do the remote learning in the beginning, but some stayed on remote learning too long. There's a social retardation that has happened. There's an emotional retardation that has happened among our children. And we're still dealing with that. Like, And we have lost Mark. I assume there was some kind of power-related issue. So instead, we will just deal with me for a little bit here. Until Mark's able to return. So, uh, talking about COVID. Wait, is Mark back? He is loading. He is loading. 
In theory, he will be up shortly. There's Mark. I was just saying, it, it, would it be too much to ask for StreamYard to not crash while we're using it? That was, it was and again, I didn't have a problem with that, so I don't know what's up with on your end. Yeah, it was the second time, Sunday too, it like crashed mm. while I was while I was doing the Metal Hammer of Doom. But anyway, <clears throat> there, what has happened, and what there's, they're still dealing with like kids that because they were on remote learning so young and for so long, cannot operate in a classroom. Yeah, like, they're still dealing with that. I mean, there's a there's a bunch that were like going into that are going into college now who mm-hmm. can't operate at the college at the collegiate academic level because some of the stuff from your senior year and whatnot that you're supposed to get that transitions you in that respect right. is just not there. Like they don't yeah. know how to read academic papers. They don't know how to write at that level. That kind of thing. And it's, the the studies that are going to come out of the, what happened in you know lockdown. The statistics that were that'll be gathered from shorter lockdowns versus longer lockdowns and the psychodynamic effect that it's that it has on the population so many books so many papers like oh, we're, yeah. we're in for years of study on this and and how it you know the the trauma it uh it caused but so you had the people who were like they 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 were anti-desantis the, the death santis people that were like should have we should should have had a longer lockdown I think um, we were we actually stayed at a resort in July of that year, like that. <laughs> we were actively vacationing in Florida, during, you know, shortly thereafter. Meanwhile, like I think, like in New York, their lockdown lasted months, much longer than Florida. Uh, Cali was locked down forever. Some places mm-hmm. in Cali are still like, oh no, there's a new variant. Well, that you know, so you and I cover the box office. You know, we cover weekly movies, and if you'll Pretty remember. By September, the movies were back open again. Like I saw Tenet yeah. in the theater. I saw New Mutants in the theater. God help yeah. me. Yeah, <clears throat> you and, and me both, buddy. <clears throat> One of those was a great <clears throat> viewing experience. One of those was almost four stick. Um, Godzilla versus uh, Godzilla versus King Kong mm-hmm. just got in at the wire. If you'll recall, yeah. Um, I, I think like California, New York opened up that weekend. That was March of 2021. So. You still had theater lockdowns in a lot of the country, like well into, you know, in, well past 20, uh, 2020 six, to 2021. Like, like, we're talking like six to eight months after the origin, the uh, origination of lockdowns. You, you right. saw places that were just shut down. Now, now you have the other side. You have the other, you know, you have the freedom people here in Florida who didn't want to be locked down, were not afraid to die of COVID. These may have also been the same people who didn't want the vaccine. I, I guess no that's in front of me. There's, but, I imagine there's at least some overlap on the Venn diagram. Just yeah, of people there. actively rejecting science. That's whatever, you know, um, my body, my choice. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But, um... Well, <laughs> you, you, you interestingly bring up the hypocrisy of that point, though, don't you? <laughs> yes, sir. Um, boy, does that not work for everybody for every issue all the time. But yeah, you had you had the people that were very much cheering on DeSantis because they did not want to be locked in the house. And they were not afraid to die of COVID and were very much like, can we move this the on already? Let's go. And I think you're seeing the benefit of that. The other thing I wanted to bring up, and you and I talked about this in our group chat, was you know, I ha- I work with Hispanic law enforcement, and a lot of them are like pro DeSantis because the Democrats actively courting Cuba. And the people living in America going, no, 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 this is bad. We we should not be doing that. And between the Democrats, almost wholesale rejection of of religious uh, value and the the, the courting of the the, the courting of Cuban whatnot. You have a lot of Hispanics migrating, as it were, towards the Republican Party because they're right or wrong. They're finding they're finding that their values are validated seemingly by the Republican Party. There's a there's a couple of things that the Democrats have done. If we want to talk very very broadly here. Yes. One is they tried to make this cycle about the imminent threat to democracy. If for those of you look using the video application in the upper right hand corner of a screen is my response to that. <laughs> um because again, everyone was sure, you know, Trump wins, there'll never be another election. Yeah. And yet here we are. Here we are. Two of them since um, then. A whole two of them, Mark. Wow. Yep. And one of them, uh, a Democrat won. One, one, one completely, one totally, one won. legally. Yeah. Look. Can we not be those people. We're not those people. No, not, no one here is contesting the results of the 2020 presidential election. My general thought, if you want it, on that was there was no more chicanery in that one than in any other one in the last 30 years, which yeah. is not to say there was no chicanery, <laughs> but it was not out of line with everything that's pre- that had come previously and that we all ruled as fair. So, it, again, fair play. But they've tried to make this about, again, the existential threat to democracy and abortion. And here's the kind of reality about this. Most people don't care. Oh, no, Roe v. Wade was overturned. You know what? Most people don't care. This is going to, that might shock and offend some people, but most people do not care. In fact, when you kind of dig down into brass tacks on Roe v. Wade as a bit of jurisprudence, one, it was terrible jurisprudence, whatever your opinion on abortion as a, again, as a matter of law, Roe v. Wade was bad jurisprudence. And most people are willing to entertain, okay, so let's legislate. So let's have the state decide, and this should be a state thing, my opinion, what our abortion laws look like. That doesn't seem unreasonable to most people. So they don't actually care all that much. They care about inflation. They care about wage stagnation. They care about how much they're paying for gas. And they care about how much they're having to pay for groceries. And the Democrats, broadly speaking, 
have said nothing about this other than parrot whoever's responsible for Joe Biden's Twitter account is put out. So the uh, law enforcement asked my father to talk about the economy. And, <laughs> and he did a whole TikTok on it. And he was like, if you value your wallet, if you want uh, to take care of your family, vote blue, not red, because Republicans want to want everyone but corporations. I think is what he said. Want everyone but the corporations to pay taxes. Um, you know, okay. whereas the Democrats. Go ahead. I did not respond to this particular rant from your father for a very specific reason. Oh, you actually saw it? You saw his one on the economy? No, but I heard okay. you and I heard other people react to it. And I went, you know what? I am I don't need that aneurysm today. Thank you very much. <laughs> I can put it on the screen if you want. Please don't. <laughs> Here's my comical response to that. Your father's dealing with wildly outdated information if he thinks that the, the Republican Party is the party of big business. It's not anymore. It was. Mm -hmm. It is not anymore. Who courts big tech companies? Where do they lean? Democrats. Where, again, where do all... Uh, when industry was king, then industry tended to lean towards the right for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. When technology is more king, especially the kind of technology we have now, it leans to the left. Every major tech company, Amazon, Google, Netflix, Twitter, etc. If you look at the disclosed um, financial contributions to political parties, they are comically blue. If we're talking ratios, again, comically. Mm -hmm. The notion that the, that the Republican Party is the party of big business and that, again, that the Republicans don't want business to pay taxes, et cetera, it's outdated. It's an old talking point. It's no longer true. Okay. Let me jump in here real quick. Let's do some stats. Uh, so, again, yes, Ron DeSantis uh, at, with 87% of the votes in per the New York Times and NPR. Uh, handily won. He's already done this exception. Oh, yeah. We covered this already. Again, uh, when he's going to win by well over a million votes. Well we talked over. about. We talked about Marco Rubio already. Uh, right now, the U.S. House in Florida um, looks like the, all red. The Republicans with, picked up three seats. I, I know that. Like, I don't know how much has been retained or whatnot, but I know they flipped at least one of those, and one of them was empty. Yeah, so it looks like there were five. Um, okay. Dude, the Republicans are poised to pick up a House seat in Rhode Island. Okay, I am, okay that's what this is. I'm, I think this was all Florida. All right, so um, the U.S. House, your winners were, yeah, mostly Republicans here. You had a few Democrats win. Um, not a lot, though. Mostly Republicans. State legislature, you have Trumbull who won, Yarborough who won. State House, you have all, it's all red. Um, the three of them were uncontested. So, yeah, Florida, solidly red. <laughs> the Attorney Bright General, red, 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 red. <laughs> Bright red. Uh, not even a little purple. As far as where we are nationally right now, um, in the Senate, via the Associated Press, we have 39 for the Democrats. We have 40 for the GOP. We need 51 for a majority. Uh, currently, um, we have North in North Dakota, we have John Hoven, who beat Katrina, whatever the hell her name is. In South Dakota, you have John Thune, who won. Neither of those are very surprising. Um in Kansas. Look, the Senate races people are going to be paying attention to are primarily Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Texas. Right, so let's talk about that. Georgia currently leaning blue with 58% uh, of the precincts reporting in. You have Raphael Warner 
uh, currently slightly beating Herschel Walker. That's going to be a lot closer than it should. Like if you look mm-hmm. at most projections for the state of Georgia, you know, the anytime the Republican is within like three points after you count the early ballots, mm-hmm. like that's that's usually a good sign for them. In Pennsylvania, we are also leaning blue with Not, 17. Those poor people in Pennsylvania, man, you're choosing between two utter incompetent buffoons. <laughs> we have John Fetterman with 60% of the vote to Mehmet Oz is uh, 37.1% of the vote. Again, with 17% uh, in. Yes, yeah, so there's else? a what, long way to go in those. At? Yeah. What? What's, the, what's the other race we're looking at? Uh, I think the, the Senate seat in Texas is a little bit is another one yeah, okay the polls aren't even closed in texas yet it looks like all right so that's the senate in the house uh we have 42 for the dem 74 for the gop uh with two <clears throat> with the majority needed of 218 and again i mentioned this like there's actually one of the uh, one of the house seats in rhode island that's about to flip for the republicans which is nuts mm-hmm. like that that's not a sane outcome <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think in one of my charts here, um, oh, Christ, one of my charts uh, I was looking for, damn it, um, is, it shows you what the pickups are. I'm trying to find that again. You can talk while I'm doing this while I struggle with getting. I've like expanded my screen. It's like taking off my entire computer. Okay. And I'm like, God okay. damn it. I didn't want this. All right. All right. I'll try to fill the airspace as you struggle with your unintuitive UI. I got it. Um, fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Um, you, know, you know what? Ha- I heard this expressed recently, and I think it's true. When a man says everything's fine, it he means it's not fine, but he will be if you leave him alone. That's accurate. <laughs> you know what? That's very true. <laughs> so I, again, so looking for at those seats, um, Virginia seems to be a little bit up in the air as well. Um, but I, mean, I can speak a little bit to the Senate race here in my home state where the incumbent is Mike Lee. He's not really being challenged by a Democrat in any kind of meaningful capacity. Uh, the big challenge for him comes from a theoretical independent by the name of Evan McMullen, who actually ran for president in 2016, uh, unlike four states, as a never-Trump conservative to try and siphon votes away from Donald Trump, which, again, ultimately did not work. But this is his big claim to fame. He's running right. under, again, a third party. I forget which one. It might be the UUP. Um, some other how some I'm on um, uh, Politico.com. Some other races they're saying to watch are the uh, governor's race in Arizona. Yeah, the that senator's one. race in Nevada. Nevada's turning forward. like crazy thing about Nevada. Nevada looks to be going red this time around. Um, yeah, um, it went blue. I think in the last election, like there was, a, I think it, from what I remember, I definitely during the during the um, the Trump Biden election. There were a lot of states that the pundits were saying, oh, no, no, they'll stay red. They'll stay red. And they turned blue. Um, like it was not not like a bloodbath. But I remember I remember it was the a, GOP definitely took definitely took some bruises on that election. It, there were a lot of places that 
again, they they did not swing by much, but you don't need much. Yeah, just you don't. You really don't need much. So we have a senator's race in Wisconsin, New Hampshire, governor's race in Michigan, Wisconsin, um, and oh, a, a district race in California. We got a couple of them here. So at 10 o'clock, polls close in 40 states. Um, it'll be Arizona, Montana, Nevada, Utah, Idaho, or in Oregon. So we're going to stay with you uh, until 11 o'clock. For at least the next 30 minutes. <laughs> we're, we'll do the full two-hour Damn You Hollywood run here. But yeah, at 11 o'clock, wherever we are, I'm tapping out. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, I remember when we didn't have a time limit on this, and we just stayed up all night. Well, and, we all... We also stayed up because no one would call anything, and we were very frustrated with yeah. that by the end with a, of it. With 100% of the precincts reporting in, we it's too close to call. Like, come on, <laughs> you sons of bitches. Uh, no, the, the, some of the Arizona races are pretty close. Um, there's, there's already lawsuits in both Georgia and Arizona, which is not terribly surprising. Um, the Georgia gubernatorial race is, being, is getting a little bit of play because... For some reason, people in the Democratic Party think Stacey Abrams isn't terrible. <laughs> um, she's currently losing with like 66% of the precincts reporting in. That is leaning towards Brian Kemp. Um, the Texas gubernatorial race is between Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis. Or not Ron DeSantis, excuse me. Greg Abbott and Beto O'Rourke. And I don't know. Beto's another guy that I don't know why they keep running. Like, I genuinely don't know. Like, he's not a good candidate. <laughs> but he's out there, and that seems to be a thing. So, good on. So, you know, Beto can lose again. Um, which is my hunch. But Texas has become a lot more of a swing state than it used to be. You know, this is, if, if we don't mind, a slightly broader discussion about the American political system. Don't know what race that is, but uh, Oklahoma is leaning red for... I don't, again, I'm not sure if that's a Senate seat or whatnot, but so I'm, I'm looking at another feed. Don't worry about it. Um, there's always, especially when the Democrats lose, there's always this count every vote thing. We should abolish the Electoral College. We should go to a pure democracy. And I always want to put my head through a wall <laughs> because... I don't think there's too many things that would set this country irrevocably on a path to civil war. I don't. I'm not an alarmist like that. I think abolishing the Electoral College would do it, though. Not right away, but, again, like if you want to take a slightly long view of history, like what, what was the turning point? I believe that would be it. Um, because swing states change. Mark, you know, for for a big part of my life, and I'm sure a big part of yours, Florida was a swing state. Absolutely. Not so much anymore. Not the last two elections. Virginia's become a swing state. That didn't used to be a, anything approximating a swing state. Um, Ohio used to be a lot more important than it is now. Um, I just mentioned Texas is becoming a lot more swingy than it used to be because people leaving California in particular are moving to Texas and... <laughs> Well, they're doing damage. <clears throat> hey, I want to read. So I got this um, NBCnews.com from their political blog. I think this is interesting. I want to get your opinion on it because I was telling my wife, I, <clears throat> you and I decided because there was no good movies last weekend, nothing really streaming, nothing, nothing that really tickled our fancy that instead we would dedicate this night to doing election coverage. Yep. And I said, but because I'm social, 
Uh, I haven't been following the news like I should be. So it's kind of going into this like, you know, thank God, like you pay attention because, you know, I'm kind of here. To read, I'm here to interact and read charts, essentially, because I don't know what, a lot of what's going on. And I was like, so I don't not entirely sure what to talk about tonight. And she was like, are, are, really? Because a lot of people are, are motivated to vote because of uh, abortion laws. There, and it again, that's the theory. And that's not true. So I have this article here. Abortion rights motivated these California Latinas to vote. Santa Ana. Um, This is written by Edwin Flores, again, on NBC News. Uh, Jackie Padilla, 25, a freshman majoring in journalism and photography at Santa Ana College, says she's motivated to vote to protect her right to abortion and reproductive health. Well, can I finish the sentence? Well, let, let me make a guess. Every one of these people being cited is under the age of 40. (laughs) <laughs> she was casting a vote for Proposition 1, which adds the right to abortion and contraceptive use in the state constitution. Um, I'm not going to continue to read more of that, but I do, you know, there's a Democrat, Hakeem Jeffries, to New York wins re-election. Um, not terribly surprising. Yeah. I I do wonder, based on what my wife was saying, you know, how many people, where there are abortion uh, bills being voted on or uh, whatever, I'm wondering how many people are actively that motivated them to actively vote. Because again, an article like that is immediately suspicious to me that they focused on like one person and from that extrapolated this big, (laughs) extrapolated this big general statement. Like really Where's your stats? Where's your data to back that up? Yeah. Again, I mentioned it kind of at the top, the Democrats want to run. They they wanted to make this about abortion. They wanted to make this about an existential threat to democracy. Mm Mm-hmm. And it turns out most people don't care. Most people are cared. Most people care a lot more about their immediate issues, and the sort of worrying trend that's been, that the Democrats seem to be on. You know, the the institution of the Democratic Party. This is not. I'm going to phrase it like that because this is not true of every Democrat. I know plenty of people on the political left. Theoretically, some of them are watching. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details if so hi <laughs> Uh, you know, we know you and I both know people on the political left. So, but I'm about to say it's not true of all of them. But if you look at the institution again, the Democratic Party, the machinery that makes the corrupt thing run. And to be clear, the GOP is every bit as corrupt as the Democratic Party. When you look at the machinery of the party, uh, they they are embracing positions that are profoundly unpopular amongst mm-hmm. the major the vast majority of the country the vast majority of the country does not like 
people always say, you know, well, look at this data. The majority of Americans don't want to overturn Roe v. Wade. Well, one, the majority of Americans don't have a say in that because it was uh, Supreme Court fiat, which it never should have been in the first place. Okay, I found the chart I was looking for, by the way, that entire time that we were like talking. Okay. I was flipping through. Literally, first thing I was on, I just went back to it. I'm like, oh, there it is. Duh. <laughs> um, so there's that. The But if you drill down into the nuance of abortion, and abortion is a nuanced subject, whatever your stance on it happens to be, there's there's gradations here. And it's a much more nuanced topic than, well, should Roe v. Wade still be in effect or not? And it, it, again, it, it's badly aggregated data. When you drill down on it, most people have a much more conservative view than uh, than the, just, the, the Democratic just, institution assumes. Despite what social media and um, mainstream media would have you believe, we're still a center-right country. Which I struggle with in, in only this sense, that... Um, for mo most people, they, they do vote with a, their wallet. When they're doing well, they tend to want to keep things the same. Like, people may not be politically conservative, but they are definitely emotionally conservative. You know, if, if they're doing well, they want they want to keep things as they are. They reelect the people that they think are doing the, are doing right by them. If, they, if they, things are going badly, if they're struggling financially, they tend you know, to just want to vote change. Look. When it comes to, and, I heard this recently about the American electorate. And they don't and it, necessarily even vote party. They're convinced to just vote you in because um, they're not doing well. And they think somebody else, new blood in, the, in that position might help them. That's generally the guiding principle for most voters. They, they tend to Trump not necessarily elected. vote. Yeah, they tend to not necessarily vote on like single thematic items. You know, like. It's very you know, rare. Yes, people it's who very are, rare people to people find are, one, a one issue voter. Right. So, yes, people who, you know, who are for, for guns um, and less gun control tend to vote Republican. But can you convince them to vote for the local Democrat if the local Democrat isn't threatening to take away their guns and they're not doing well under the current Republican? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's yeah. how that's how swing states work, by the way. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I heard this about the American electorate recently, and I think it's true. The majority of the the majority of elections, majority, not everyone, but majority, the American people don't vote for things; they vote against them. Yeah. All right. I mean, so it, the last, I think, the last kind of quasi aspirational election in the United States was the first term for Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. The people voting for Obama were voting for Obama, not necessarily voting against John McCain. When you get to Trump and Hillary. Everyone voting is – I don't care what side of that aisle you were on. I didn't vote for either of them, for the record. But your vote was less, I like X, and more, screw the other I, guy. Yeah, I don't like Y. I, I want to go – I'm going to actually do some statistics here. Please. So, all right. So the Senate results. I said before we're at 39 Dems, 40 GOP. Um, Republicans uh, have won 11 seats. <clears throat> Democrats have won five, and there are 29 and 34, respectively, no election at all, and two from other parties. So that's where we stand now, and that'll get updated momentarily uh, in 20 minutes or so when the, the polls close again. And the, the House, <coughs> we're at 46 to 77 uh, Dems to GOP. Um, 
In the Republican Party, they won 77 seats with a gain of two seats. Democrats have lost three seats with 46 seats won. So right now, uh, <laughs> reminds me of, I want to say, the 2004 election where the Republicans, it was a bloodbath. Republicans won everything. And John Stewart was kind of joking around about it on The Daily Show, where it's like, they won the House, they won the Senate, they won the presidency, they won the Israeli Knesset, they won everything, you know. It was about like had a sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. Um, Let's see. Yeah, I mean, look, the the, any sort of anyone with half a brain who made a kind of predictive model about this was things were going to swing towards the republic. This is a large trend in American politics. If you have the White House at the major election by the midterms, you tend to lose the other governing bodies. The American people kind of like that. We kind of like when things are, well, historically at least, balanced, oppositional, right? Like yeah. we, that's te- that tends to be better, I think, for yes. a lot of us. You know, it was interesting because you know I, I don't think they want one party completely in control. Um, I the think number, that, that gives rise to only, a lot of like graft and um, yeah, it's terrible. L- look, look at any of the major states that are falling apart, or major states or major cities that are falling apart. And this is, again, let me be very clear with what I'm about to say. This is not a political sentiment in the sense that you might think it is. But any of the ones that are falling apart have had are usually historically one party. And I, right. I don't mean there. That's not me saying, look at what look at what all this Democratic rule by the Democratic Party does to states. It can it, if you give them enough time and like, look what they're doing to California. California is right. a mess. There are red states that are historically red states that are struggling just as much in very different ways. But anytime you have essentially one party control, it tends to go badly. You need the opposition. Yeah. I think, you know, if I can relate this to what our discussions of film, especially as of late, when there, where there is collaboration, the product ends up being better when it's <clears throat> one man's vision unquestioned tends to be crap. It's very rare that you get a, a singular vision that isn't crap. It's very rare. But, again, it can happen. All right. So, to um, anyone watching, if you feel like chiming in here, please don't hesitate to leave a comment. We will put it on screen. We will have it. If you have questions, comments, leave them up. We will yep. get to them. Yep. If you're watching on Just Facebook that or YouTube, Twitch, um, fortunately, if you're watching on Twitter, we can't help you. But... Uh, for the rest of you, if you, if, you know, if you have a comment or whatever, we're happy to. If you have a question, we're happy to answer it or put your uh, comment on screen. Moving over to the governor results, uh, the Republicans actually lost two. They have not. Uh, they have seventeen total, nine seats won, no elections, eight. Uh, the Democrats picked up two seats. They won four. Um, total seats ten. They won four. So. Not doing as well with the governorships there, the GOP, but you know, well, a few, a few of those aren't terrible. Not surprising. matter, yeah. Well, it, it matters, but it doesn't matter nationally. Like that matters very much to your state. The governor of the, your state is significantly more important to your life as a general rule than the president. Mm-hmm. So it's something you need to pay attention to. But again, a few of those are not terribly surprising. Um, some of those governors were, some of those are were like empty seats that were coming in uh, being contested. So, again, not terribly shocking there. Um, and a lot of those were like, again, you get a lot of states, a lot of the more intelligent states as a general rule, they tend to flip flop. Like you, again, you very rarely see 
a state that has had a Democratic governor for however many years or a Republican governor for however many years. It, that tends to be a bit rarer. Um, just looking at some of these ballot measures. Um, Alabama Amendment 1 expands criminal charges where bail can be denied. Almost 80% with 8% with eight percent reporting in uh, voted yes on that. I can't imagine why a state... <laughs> Would be looking at other states that are, you know, making that are remove revoking, you know, cash bail and whatnot, and going, yeah, sure, we'll just release people back into the wild if they, uh, if they commit crimes and whatnot, and have decided, you know what, how about we just make it harder to get bail to begin with, so everyone will be, uh, everyone will be incarcerated for longer. Um, let's see. Connecticut's trying to legalize early voting, and that that was fifty eight percent yes with nine percent reporting. I don't know how that's going to work out in Connecticut. I mean, it's a small enough state; it might not matter that much. But as a as a matter of discussion, I don't know. Um, not a lot of sexy stuff here in Georgia. <laughs> uh, look again. Uh, Raphael Warnock seems to be we're up to like seventy one percent precinct reporting. It's still close with Walker, but it seems to be leaning towards him. I mean, just as far as the ballot measures go. Uh, yeah, ballot measures, I imagine, is nothing terribly interesting. I mean, there was only one measure, I think, in mine, and that was um, about appropriations. So. Yeah, not a whole lot here in Maryland. Um, Indiana. Oh, Indiana. hey. Uh, Maryland's legalizing marijuana, 64%. And it looks like that has passed. Woo! Yay! I'm, I'm sure David Simon is over the moon. <laughs> Um, Indiana seems to be leaning red for a couple of its major uh, relevant elections. Iowa, Iowa's close. We only have 15% of precincts reporting, so Iowa's Iowa. You know, Iowa's been swingy for a long time. But yeah, there's there's a couple of those House seats that like Republicans are kind of poised to pick up that are very surprising. They're coming from very historically blue areas, and I think a lot of it again it tends to express how i don't know and the, again the to the extent that i'm going to talk broadly here the democrats kind of did this to themselves with some of the stuff they've attached themselves to and again the lack of messaging at the moment has been a real problem for them you know republicans have tactically been able to go oh north carolina's close on that one up to 77 percent leaning red ohio's pretty close yeah some of these are going to be close but there, there's a real disconnect. And I mean, the Republicans haven't even been great about capitalizing on it. Mostly what they're doing is, boy, don't things suck right now. And a lot of people going, yeah, they kind of do. <laughs> like they haven't, it, it's actually been a bit disappointing if you're, if you're a homer for the Republican party, like you had all, there's plenty of opportunities here to actually build a good narrative. And sadly they have not, uh, not capitalized on it. Again, if that's your political leaning, uh, let's see. Pennsylvania, the Senate seat is still leaning pretty heavily towards John Fetterman, who, I mean, I feel bad for the guy. He had a stroke not too long ago. Uh, but again, I feel bad for, I don't know, I know people in Pennsylvania and having to, if you feel your choice is between Dr. Oz, that huckster snake oil salesman, and John Fetterman, who had a stroke recently, and then his campaign covered it up to no 
significant pushback, mind you, because the media is the media. Uh, I feel I feel bad for you if you're trying to choose between those two turkeys. Um, that, that's just unfortunate. That's just bad luck, man. <laughs> choose between Fetterman and Oz. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, would you rather be um, Okay. George is swinging a bit more towards Brian Kemp in the gubernatorial side of things. We're up to 72% of precincts reporting, leaning, again, leaning Kemp. Somewhere in the neighborhood of like 55, 53%. We have some movement in the House. We're at 47 to 82, and the GOP has gained two seats. Democrats have lost three. Uh, do you know which two they gained? Uh, I hope on. the interactive map can tell you that, because I, if not, I apologize for asking. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, <clears throat> looking at real clear politics. Um, Maine. Yeah, it's not terribly surprising. Maine. Maine's a little bit purple, but it does tend to lean blue as a general rule. Like Maine depends on which county you're in. Which of the relevant counties you're in, actually, your districts rather, not counties. Um, Michigan. 13%. That's still relatively close. It's only 13% reporting in. Uh, that was, this would be the gubernatorial election um, between Gretchen Whitmer and Tudor Dixon. Um, that'll pro I think that'll probably wind up going to Whitmer. I think that's kind of the general projection. But again, if you're, if you're flipping Michigan to be that close, that says something. Uh, Minnesota leaning red. Um, I mean, uh, again, that's that's very, very early. That's like barely any precincts reporting. Arizona any District reporting. 9 is a GOP pickup. Nice. Yeah, Arizona. Arizona's a weird one, man, because, again, Arizona swings a lot, but they seem to be leaning red this time around. The the Florida, anti Florida District 13 was a GOP pickup. I, I believe I mentioned that earlier with Florida. Yeah, so. Yeah, Florida District 21 is a GOP pickup. Uh, District 5 was a GOP pickup. That was actually uncontested. Um, Florida District 7 was a GOP pickup. And then finally, Again, Georgia, Georgia District 6 was a GOP Again, pickup. Florida, very bright red at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So we have one for Georgia that's been called. All right. <clears throat> Again, Georgia's a big enough state that it will, that the different districts will vary pretty wildly there in some respects. But um, Arizona, I think, is going to, the Dems are going to hurt in Arizona at the moment because, again, the kind of like anti crime yeah Fake looks stuff like there a, is hurting a lot there's a michigan pickup uh district nine not to be confused with the movie oh that poor movie <laughs> i hate the, I, I like i, I don't hate, i like the movie but that director was cursed by having a very successful first kind of major film yeah because that's where we stand right now with the i house. like him so again the house any reasonable person was thinking this is going to tip red like the, uh poor nancy pelosi um lost the one thing in, is going to lose the one thing in the world she dearly loves her political position so it looks like where the senate is concerned not a lot of pickups here it's all hold as near as i can tell yeah the senate's going to hold uh, the senate's going to hold a lot more than i think it's not going to hold um again there's a few races that w might wind up being close but uh, some of the timing out for different elections this cycle actually is going to favors a lot more parity. You know, there's some we places a, that we had a switch to blue for Maryland, switch to blue in Mass for Massachusetts, where Democrats picked up those governorships. 
Not again, not surprising. No. Uh, I mean, the Republican who won in Maryland like four years ago was a bit of a surprise, uh, but again, not, also not shocking considering the state of Maryland. Yeah, uh, well, and that's what I when I when I read that I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> the Democrats picked up Massachusetts. How'd you lose it in the first place? Well, Ma- Massachusetts is weird because they will go back and forth. Mm. Again, if you'll remember, uh, okay. Mitt Romney. Hang on. Fox News just called South Dakota governor's race for the Republican. Not again, not terribly surprising. No, not surprising at all. Um, my point about Massachusetts, if you'll remember, um, Mitt Romney was the governor of Massachusetts for a little bit of time. To- for a little bit of time mm-hmm. there, that was one of his um, one of his political claims to fame. And he was a Republican as he when he was the governor of Massachusetts. He was a moderate Republican, but he was a Republican. So there's plenty of wiggle room in Massachusetts in particular. Um, again, you've got to be. OK, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've got to be a more center Republican as opposed to a more hardliner, but you can do that. In, uh, Massachusetts will go that way. All right. Um, so as we are, we are almost at ten o'clock here on the East Coast. Uh, down here in Florida, which means we're going to have polls closing. <coughs> we're on the next round of polls closing in about seven minutes. So things will get exciting um, in just a few minutes. So in the meantime, one of the things that came up between like my dad and the sheriff's office is their ongoing feud. Wait, uh, as you are relaying messages to one another, <laughs> I'm like I'm like a girl in, in like class, you know. I keep passing notes between these two really hostile forces. Yep. But you know, they, they asked my dad a legitimate question. They're like, "What do you think if the um, if the Republicans are able to take over Congress? What do you think they'll accomplish?" I imagine not much. Um, there's a few. Well, look, which is to say the following. I actually prefer the government, the federal government, do very little. Mm-hmm. Like that is my general thought on what the on what the role of the federal government should be. It should be very limited. Can we talk about that for a second? Because I've been thinking about that a lot lately. About how <clears throat> this is mainly this is mainly a commentary about uh, conservatives, only and only that they tend to want no government involvement unless it's something that they think. And this is anecdotal. Don't get me wrong. It's a very broad general statement I'm about to make. Right. So there's room, there's some wiggle room for discussion. But in my discussions with people who consider, consider themselves to be conservative, they tend to want no government intervention because they like their freedom of choice, whether it be guns or abortion or whatever, or guns rather. Um, but when it's something they don't like, suddenly they want government intervention. And, and it's frustrating because you can't have it both ways. You want a minimalist federal government. You want to go. You want to go back all the way to the twenties. Well, I'm with you, but you're here's going to have to give up some things. When you talk to those people, and this is an important thing to do with those people, mostly because I partially consider myself one of them. If they say they're they're for more limited government, you need to ask them. Okay, what do you think the federal government should do? 
And then as long as they're consistent within that framework, then you're okay. Right. When you, th when you think about though, you know, FDR is, uh, you know, um, not uh, the great society that was new deal uh, Johnson new deal. When you think about the new deal and you think about the great society, there were these wild philosophical thoughts about government intervention in the everyday life of people. Pretty terrible. In the everyday in lives of people, of so so as to not create Brazilian level poverty. Um, I, okay, that's my issue with the great. Like, I have less issues with the New Deal than I do with the Great Society, for the record. If, if we want to talk about like my view of historical policy, um, the New Deal is a bit of a dicey proposition, but I kind of accept that FDR was in a position where that no one had been in before. And while I might disagree with some of his choices and policies and whatnot, he was in a position where he had to do something. And I think he was very well, fortunate very to be similar. bailed out by World War II. Well, of course, that's, a, you know, my father, even my father recognizes that what ended the Great Depression was the war, not any, not really anything the New Deal did. But it was a very similar position to where Obama was in when he um, came in in 2008 after the crash with his, with the stimulus package, which was, this, this may or may not help, but at least it's doing something. Um, we, we yeah, are, and are... by oh, and by and by the way, you know, all of these <clears> banks <throat> and all the bankers who orchestrated this calamity. Yeah, here, take money, just take it, <laughs> just take it. Too big to fail. Anyway, my my point being that hypothetically, <laughs> I think there's room for a discussion about federal government intervention in the everyday lives of people. Um, I think there's room for discussion into where the where the government needs to step in to prevent graft and corruption <clears throat> in industry. Yeah. But kind of like when we were talking about masculinity versus toxic masculinity, I'm not entirely sure anyone agrees on what any of that should be. And 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 I'm and I'm making like the broadest of statements here. I you're think not, there's room for a discussion. You, you, I can't again, go beyond that, unfortunately. Yeah, you, you're not wrong at all, for the record. Mm -hmm. Like you're not wrong at all when you when you mention that. Um but I, again, I like I, this is this is one of the things about again. If we want to talk about Republicans very briefly, mm -hmm. they tend to support the free market, and this has led to the claims of well, there means they're in bed with big business. And I'm not saying that was never true. I'm not even saying it's not true now. There's plenty of entities and businesses that lobby on behalf, you know, that lobby the Republicans and whatnot. But the genuine people who believe in the free market also understand that means you have to protect the free market, and that means. Again, areas of regulation, areas of you know, making sure that the market is not suppressed by forces within the market that are acting. Uh, but let's illy. talk about. But let's talk about drugs now. You know, all right. You, you, there was a call among some to limit the use of abused drugs, recreational drugs, and it blossomed to what we have today: the drug war, to where. You know, there is a lot of data shows the sort of futility of the of the drug war. There's a lot of yep. movement towards the slow, slow decriminalization of drugs. There's discussion that we're we're now having discussions that were abandoned 40, 50 years ago about the uses of some illicit substances, particularly psychedelics, in mental health treatment. Yeah, there's there there was a pretty massive overcorrection there. Um, so my my point being, I think. I, 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 I can't deal with the people who make the broad statement of we need less government. Where are you talking about? Because I don't really want to go back to the jungle years. 
okay, where, you know, we're, we're putting sawdust in the sausage. On the other hand, I don't want to also go back to let's make all the drugs illegal and put all the users in prison because that doesn't work either. And it, it's just, it's one of those things where anytime I have this discussion with people, whether it be abortion, gun control, drugs, um, use of military power, uh, military funding, et cetera, it's like all of these things have to be considered individually. Yeah. The, the propensity for the average person to paint with a broad brush. So, for example, again, I work with law enforcement. Law enforcement tends to be very conservative. When you ask them about, you know, and from in most cases, when you ask them about like what do they believe, they're pretty checkmark with a lot of stuff, unless it affects them personally, or it affects a family member personally in terms of some of the social things. Um, but they always want to, you know, paint with a with that broadest brush, and it's like, no, no, no. Consider some of these topics individually. Not all of them lend themselves to complete government abandonment. You, like you need the government in the federal government in there to make re- rules and regulations. Some of this other stuff, probably we can get the government out of there. But I will tell you, let's take drugs, for example. There are people that would argue today that the federal government still needs to be involved in criminally prosecuting uh, people who uh, substance abusers and substance dealers. And again, you can't have it both ways. You know, you, you want limited government, but only in the things that are important to you and the stuff that you think people should be punished for. You're all about government intervention. You're all about government, uh, government overreach. Yeah. Again, That's the this is... frustrating thing about talking to people is that their concept of what should be and what should not be in terms of politics is so self-serving. Oh, it makes yeah. me not want to talk to these people. Well, uh, again, like to that same point, you know, the, the reverse is true of the you know the blue side. If you want the government mm-hmm. to be in everything, as long as they're doing things you like, you want the government to be in everything. Right. But Until, these are the same people yelling defund the police who they keep conveniently forgetting is still the government. Or uh, <laughs> yeah, things of that nature. Yeah, like there, there's several of those. I, I So you, you want to put forth the socialist proposition. Yes, we need to, you know, because the the political system is corrupt and abusive, so you want more power for the abusive and corrupt system to dictate more things in your life. Like, well, no, but only the good ones. Like, okay, you don't see the problem here, do you? And yeah, it, it is. It's deeply frustrating. Yeah. Because all right, mo- people consider those things very broadly. All right, uh, the polls have been closed uh, in a couple of different states. So let's see where we are right now. Um, uh, let's see here. Got right now they're talking about Ohio. Um, yep. Doesn't they called anything just yet. No, uh, again, Ohio was leaning red in most of its stuff last I checked, but not by mm-hmm. huge margins. Yeah, not much movement on the House side either just yet. I mean, you'd think that these giant government apparatuses would be in a position to report appropriately when they should, but. <laughs> uh, they, they, called a, they called an election in Rhode Island for McKee. Um, okay, we have the South Carolina governorship that was run by McMaster with 48 in. But I imagine they called that a while ago. There's a decent so, chance. 
<clears throat> Thune, one in South Dakota. All right, that's a new one. Uh, again, not Senate. not terribly surprising. Not at all. Uh, like tennis. All right, uh, Abbott won the governorship of Texas. Once again, Beto O'Rourke is a giant loser. <laughs> right now, Fox has uh, 42 to 41 in the Senate, Democrats to Republicans. Yeah, again, that's kind of about right. Again, we weren't... The House is where things were going to get interesting. The Senate was kind of going to be a, a holdover this, this time around, more than anything. So, again, we're still waiting on a few of those, but... Yeah, Abbott beating Beto O'Rourke, not terribly surprising. Again, Beto O'Rourke has never won anything in his life. Like, I think he was a backup congressman before he tried to run for the Senate, if memory serves. <laughs> like, all, all he does is lose elections. <laughs> uh, but I look, I can't wait for Stacey Abrams to be defeated again and then to spend, have to listen to another four years of her going, no, I'm really the governor. Uh, there was a time, Mark, when people that out of touch with reality faced consequences for being so out of touch with reality. Okay. I'm on realclearpolitics.com right now, and we are looking at the House results. It's got it 80. Um, Democrats have 80. Republicans, 137. Uh, Democrats have lost seven seats. Republicans have gained seven seats. And that sounds about right. Um, yeah, man, there were a lot of door-to-door kind of campaigns that were having to go on here where some of these poor Democratic candidates were not funded properly mm -hmm. and were trying to explain to people that, no, I'm really not attached to all the craziness. If you look, if you look at some of the issues and some of the exit polls that have this data, like look at what's kind of been driving people. It's not what some of the Democrats were talking about. It's not fear for the future of the country. You know, it's not fear over abortion laws. It's a lot of I'm worried about whether or not I'm going to be able to feed myself. So let's talk and about I'm worried this, about crime. <laughs> let's talk about this Georgia race, this governor Georgia race, just real quick. Right now, uh, according to Real Clear Politics, live result with 77% of the precincts reporting in. Brian Kemp has a lead of 53.6 to 45.7 with about 200,000-ish votes between them. I'm guessing they're saying that's still too too soon, uh, too close to call. Well, and then, you, again, like some of the, there's already like lawsuits in place in Georgia because mm -hmm. there's some dubious... Um, election stuff going on. Um, and again, election law is its own subcategory of the legal system for a reason. Whether you think that's good or bad is up to you. Mm -hmm. But Georgia's had some weirdness around like how they choose to count things. So not terribly surprised. We'll pr that'll probably hang in the balance for a little bit. I so, doubt we'll get anything definitive there tonight. So one thing that came up um, in a bunch of conversations that I've been having between my father, the deputies, just random comings and comings and goers, okay. has been about um, the inflation. Go ahead, go ahead. Do okay, so the uh, all right, the um, Arizona governor race again, very mm -hmm. early now in terms in terms of reporting, but that's leaning very heavily towards the Republican Kerry Lake. Yeah, DeSantis, uh, like they should just, I don't know what they should do with Charlie Crist other than like put him on a. Like on a barge out to sea 
<laughs> uh, you were just talking about Arizona. There, there's about thirty thousand votes between Hobbs and Lake. Yeah, that, again, it's very, it's very early. Yeah, there's only there's less than ten percent reporting in, yeah. so it's still way too and soon. I, to I bring that up because that kind of flashed across my thing recently. So, okay. so this is an article here on realtor politics. I think is interesting. Mark Penn: Democrats became inflation desires ahead uh, deniers ahead of 2022 You're midterm election. Um, you are not wrong about that. You know, again, this goes out. You know, inflation is the number one issue in the country, according to Mark Penn. And the fascinating thing to me is that the Democrats have said threat to democracy is really what they are running the campaign on. This is what you were talking about before. I think the Biden administration did threat to democracy. They did student loans. They did marijuana pardons, millions of gallons of gas out of the strategic petroleum reserve. They did not confront these issues directly in a meaningful way. They became inflation deniers. And I think that was a really stupid strategy. And we will see whether or not I'm right. You know, that does bring up an interesting point that I think if your communication is key with the American voters, if you are perceived as being honest and truthful, even if you're fucking up, people are like, this country is wildly forgiving. So, you know, if you are it really is charismatic, likable, and you and you're like, I'm sorry, I fucked up. People will forgive you. People will be like, OK, let's keep let's keep him in. He's at least talking to us like adults. So it's it, that is an interesting thing to say. Like when it, it's so obvious what's going on with inflation, to not just come out and say we recognize this is a problem and here's what we're doing about it. People would have loved that. Wouldn't have hurt. <laughs> I mean, again, like that—that's the majority of what Republicans are running on at the moment. Is yeah, we know this sucks. Here's what. Here's our plan. Um, we can probably just about call the New York governor race. We're about 28% reporting in, but it is pretty, it's pretty heavily in favor of Kathy Hochul. And well, Derpy, who normally hangs out with us on Tuesday nights is here to do watch our election coverage. We appreciate you Derpy. And he says that Ryan lost Ohio. He also says, God, I hate November elections. Either what you choose. It's just dumb. Yes. Well, uh, what was the old, what was the old Simpsons meme when uh, they did the Halloween episode about Bob Dole and Bill Clinton? Whichever way you vote, your your planet is doomed. Uh, uh, listen, it you might see think that these national elections are dumb. You might think representative democracy is sort of hopeless, but it's better than the alternative. Again, like I'm willing to accept it's dumb. I've not heard a better option. All right, <laughs> that's my Michael. Yeah, Michael Bennett has won Colorado. Not terribly surprising. Again, we have Greg Abbott. Um, again, at this point, kind of projected to beat Beto O'Rourke. We're up to around sixty percent reporting, and he's enough in the lead. God, the Associated Press has Georgia in a freaking horse race, man. Um, they the do, Senate. but they're also they're also not going to admit if Herschel Walker wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, right here on the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network, we'll be the first to call it when it happens. Actually, the Associated Press will be the first to call it, and we'll just parrot that. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Unless we get to a point with the Associated Press where we're like, you guys are idiots. Here's what's happening. <laughs> Uh, so that's the Senate right now. Um, yeah, that that one is close between Warnock, between uh, Warnock and Walker. That's that's a tough one. All right, in the House, the Associated Press is still going, gaining, uh, still still showing only a gaining of gain of two seats. Um, yeah. <clears throat> So, yeah, again, there's a few of these that are not terribly surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio went blue in the last election, didn't it? I don't know. I don't think so. I have to double check. But if you mean for Biden, I don't think they went for Biden. Um, if you mean like the governorship or whatnot, I'm not sure. Um, looking at Ohio now, in the in the governorship, yeah, it looks like um, Mike DeWine won the governorship in Ohio against Nan Wally. Yeah, Tim Ryan. It looks like he's going to lose his uh, Senate seat to JD Vance. The um, uh. Well, Ryan, hang on. Ryan's not running, I don't seem to recall. It's in Ohio, in the Senate, it's Tim Ryan versus J.D. Vance. Mm. Well, I know Vance is the Republican there, um, if memory serves. And yeah, he yeah. that was that was trending towards him. Uh, that's got 67% reporting in, and J.D. Vance is ahead about 200,000 votes, give or take. There's a decent enough chance that's kind of close enough to I can make a reasonable prediction about Vance taking that over. So mm-hmm. um, I believe that would be a pickup for the Republicans, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I mean, Ryan's the incumbent. So. Uh, again, we're not unsurprising seeing you know, again, there's a lot of people who are very, very unhappy with what's going on at the moment. Um, as far as the Arizona governor election, uh, things swung a little bit more towards Katie Hobbs. Again, we're only at 7% reporting in, so take it for what it's worth. That one's going to be a bit back and forth. Again, Arizona, very swingy. All right, I have up the viewer's guide, the races to watch on early on election night. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. All right. So... What they're watching is the Georgia Senate race, which we've been keeping an eye on as well. Um, And what we said about George, the Georgia Senate race was, yeah. Well, the the Arizona Senate seat seems to be leaning Democrat at the moment towards Mark Kelly, forty-one percent reporting in at the moment for Arizona in that particular race. So, real clear politics has this thing dead even. Like what in Georgia? 
Yeah, the 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 Herschel Walker. Yeah, Ruffalo that's Rock. that's gonna be close, man. Yeah, that is that that is down to, um, about four hundred votes. Yikes! Yeah, that's gonna be <laughs> again. That's gonna be real close. That's not that getting was, settled. <laughs> that's not getting settled tonight. No, not at all. All right, next and one. Again, and then someone's gonna. There's gonna be a loss here. That's gonna be a whole thing. <laughs> next one is the um, New Hampshire Senate race. So let's check in on that one. All right. Uh, politics. New Hampshire Senate. Okay. That one's got Mackie Hassan with 41.9% reporting in ahead by about 30,000 30, votes. And given the size of New Hampshire... Yeah, I think that one they're going to call that one. That's going to that's that, going to. That, I imagine that's I imagine that's going to be called fairly soon. Yeah, that would be my prediction. Um, next one, Michigan governor. Let's go back to real which, clear politics, which we have been kind of loosely tracking uh, again at the moment. That was leaning. What, what was it leaning last time I looked at it? Uh, I believe that was leaning Dem last time I checked, but that's fairly close. What did I say, Michigan? Michigan. Uh, Michigan has Gretchen Whitmer with 52.1. Yep. Um, she's ahead by about 50,000 with 21% reporting in. Unless uh, yeah, there's, a, lo- there's a fairly long ways to go there in that one, but. Um, I mean, if it track, if it continues to track the way it currently is, yeah, she's got one that, that one handily. Again, again, that's going to depend on like the next, we get another like 10, per, like five to 10% of the precinct reporting. If it keeps going that same trend, then yeah. So that would be my kind of prediction at the moment, uh, given the way things are. But that one, again, that's been fairly close. And again, you get the if you're getting the Michigan governorship to be that close, like there's a, there's a lot of people unhappy in Michigan. Um, Indiana in Kentucky features some of the earliest poll closing times in the country, with much of those states closing by 6 p.m. Eastern. <clears throat> so Indiana's first district. I believe that went red already. I think you mentioned that that one went red. I'm going to check for you. Ye- no. Um, that one's still with 49%. Okay, not called yet. Oh, it must have been another Indiana one you mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. Ah, shit. Fair enough. Um, in District 1, we got Frank Mervin, Merkin. Um, he's ahead by about 8,000 votes uh, to Jennifer Ruth Green with 49.5% reporting in. All right. So that one's still pretty tight. Yeah. A lot of these ones that Washington Post said we should be watching, like not, like not a sing- almost not a single one of them here. Uh, they're, they're almost all nail biters. So I'm going to keep this up, and we'll, and we'll keep checking back in as the night continues. Yep, sounds good. So, what are they doing over on Fox? If you got uh, that up, yeah. Um, they are currently at the Walker campaign. That's what they yeah. got. Up. Okay, so that one again. That one's going to be real close. All right, they've got Brady boxes up, and they're just looking at like campaign headquarters right now. So right. there's the Oz campaign headquarters. There's the Fetterman. That's campaign. A, that, the, both of those should be very very sad assemblies of people <laughs> in Pennsylvania. <laughs> 
Did you watch the de- like? Did you see the debate between Oz and Fetterman? No. What happened? Oh, okay. I mean, well, again, Fetterman had a stroke not too long ago, mm-hmm. and for some reason, no one cared that his campaign covered it up. Mm-hmm. So he's a little bit all over the place, which is not uncommon for people who have are recovering from strokes. Like you, you lose word associations and whatnot, and word finding. But he was all over the place, and Doctor Oz is a carny snake oil salesman. Right. Like, I, I came away from that and like I saw a tweet like, well, after that debate, who do you think who do you think is you know qualified to you know, run for the Senate in Pennsylvania? I actually put in like my 13 year old beagle. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't live in Pennsylvania, so my opinion doesn't matter whatsoever. And I tend to keep my consequently, I tend to keep my mouth shut about other states politics in that particular respect because I genuinely don't have the information. Pay attention. The majority of you celebrity jackasses out there. Can I just say I couldn't? I would not. I could not believe the number of people who came out this last, you know, couple of weeks and went, you know, Georgia really needs Stacey Abrams. Like, you don't live in Georgia. You don't even have a house in Georgia. The hell are you talking about? You don't know what the state needs. You're averting to tribalism, rooting. Like, <laughs> All right. You so don't another, know anything about this. <laughs> so another race to watch is the. Um... Uh, according to politico.com virginia second district which i have up currently and there's about a 20,000 vote difference between the republican jen kiggins and uh the democrat elaine luria with 88.8% so i would imagine they're going to call that fairly soon yeah you get that you get 88% reporting in that's probably going to be called soon like you mentioned so yeah uh not terribly surprising to see that one um, again. Virginia, while Virginia is a bit of a swing state, it it's been leaning more red recently. Um, so, not terribly surprising to see that one. Um. It, a quick look over here see if i because it looks like mark is frozen yeah there goes mark for a second or two so he'll be back momentarily yeah he's loading in now come on where are you marky Mark's struggling a bit at the moment, it looks like, to try and load back in. So we'll keep you updated as far as that goes. Uh, Let me, in the interim, have a quick look for my other feed here. Uh, Again, looking at the, uh, the Georgia Senate race, at the moment, Walker is barely ahead i think that swung just a little bit in his favor but again we're talking very 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 narrow margins there hey i'm back there's mark there i am all right so fox has it uh 90 to 48 in the senate and right now it's 42 to 41 for the democrats um sorry 48 to 90 
in the House for the Republicans and then 42 to 41 for the Democrats in the Senate. And again, there's a few of those races that are going to come in. I imagine, uh, again, some of those I imagine are just going to kind of hold where they are. The, the Senate's still going to stay very close to 50-50 would be my hunch. Mm-hmm. I think my uh, dad said the same thing. He's like, he's like, we're going to hang. He's like, the Republic, uh, the Democrats are going to hang on to the Senate, but like for a very slim margin. It's probably not the yeah. worst thing because I think that I th- I think when the Senate is close to evenly split, there's a lot of room for engagement and compromise. <laughs> You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? I mean, it used to be, <laughs> you know, back uh, in Reagan's I mean, time. Look, my I said I'm happy with the government doing very little. Like I I know what I think the government should do, and I'm happy when it does those things. And other than that, if it's gridlock, I don't care. Because I'd rather a bunch of stuff, you know, work more in the, work more at the state level than rely, be relying on the federal government. Generally speaking, it looks like the Republicans so, have picked up 10, 10 more seats. By the way, so the Arizona uh, governor race is <laughs> leaning more towards Katie Hobbs at the moment. Uh, we're up to forty percent reporting. Let's see the Arizona Senate race again, still leaning Democrat on Mark Kelly. Again, we're at 40, 41%. That, that Senate race might be getting close enough. It might be getting – it's it's nearly wide enough to call in some respects, but the governorship is going to come down to the wire on that one, it looks like. I mean, again, not quite as close as Herschel Walker and uh, Raphael Warnock. That thing – that thing is going to come down to finding, like – we're going to get hanging chads in the discussion <laughs> for this one, if I, if I might make that old reference. That's how close that one's going to be. Uh, again, yeah, Ron, we already know. Ron Fox Sanders. has the hard-fought Nevada Senate race is too early to call. Yeah, that one's going to be close. Like, again, Nevada, Nevada's swinging a bit red this cycle, and it's, uh, that'll be, that. that's a tough, that's going to be a tough one to watch, because, again, Nevada's one of those states that kind of vacillates. Um, that's one that's flippable. Um, the Oklahoma looks like it's going to stay red. We're up to 80% reporting in there, and I believe this is another Senate seat uh, that would be retained. So again, a lot of a lot of maintenance of the status quo in the Senate. Which uh, again is not terribly surprising. So it's weird. Um, I have one of the things I have up, kind of keep track of things is. Uh, which cities, are gonna, which cities are about to start burning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have a, like a Google page that's opened up with election results that's being fed from the Associated Press. Mm-hmm. But I'm not seeing a lot of movement here because if I go over to Politico.com, Politico.com has the house at 94 to 51, which is where Fox is. Yeah. The AP, you know, continuing to be the AP, I suppose. <laughs> So yeah, again. All right. That, so but... here's where we are right now, according to Politico.com. Uh, 18 out of 35 Senate seats have been called. Um, 145 out of 435. Five in the half. Uh, or million in 
Well, yeah, again, the, the house seems to be tilting pretty heavily towards the red side of the aisle. And again, if this means less Nancy Pelosi on my screen, we'll just call that a win. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, races to watch. Let's go over, according to Politico.com. First one is the Pennsylvania race between the aforementioned Dr. Oz and uh, Fetterman. Yeah, again, what a what a sad, sad train wreck that is. <laughs> Dude, Fetterman released an ad, um, like a, a video on Twitter that was like aping the mean Joe Green bit with the coke. Mm-hmm. Where he's like you know, slowly leaning against the wall, walking down. And hey, where are you going? I'm running for Senate. Doesn't look like you're running anywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, here, take a coke. Just, uh, just sad. All right. So according to realclearpolitics.com, with 55.5, Jesus Christ, 55.7% reporting in, John Fetterman remains in the lead by about 120,000 yeah, votes. It's he's probably going to win that. Certainly looking that way. And I imagine he will make a complete idiot out of himself for a couple of years before he's voted out. But uh, I, I'm I'm more surprised that the Republicans couldn't find someone better than Dr. Oz to run against him. All like, right, we're really? down to... So we are going to go to just a little past 11 o'clock. Um, that's when the next set of polls close. So we'll see where we are at 11, and then we'll do plugs and get out of here. So we've got about 30 more minutes left. Ish. Oh, no. Yeah. So, so I suppose we should go to that next sketch of the Big Ear family. <laughs> My obscure Simpsons reference of the evening. I listened to you and Ben. Um, they re, they re. Oh, hey, my friends here. Hello. Oh, you have friends. I have friends. They came That's to check sweet. out our show. Hello, friends of Mark. <clears throat> um. <clears throat> so I was listening to you and Ben talk about the uh, the Treehouse of Horrors. It's rare when I where where you get giddy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like me and Jesse talking about the wire. <laughs> it's just like remember this, yeah, remember this, just laughing, and remember this, and laughing, and remember this, and laughing. It was it was nice to hear you happy. Uh, thank you. I suppose. <laughs> All right. Uh, as far as other races to watch, um, we've got the oh, Senate race in Georgia. That, remi that that reminds me, Mark. Speaking of races, yes, sir. We know you're a fan. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't say it with a straight face. I had this. I, I promised one of my brothers I would make this joke with you, um, because okay. we were uh, we were discussing very briefly that you know, yeah, Mark likes the wire. Mark was raised in the hood. Mark's a fan of black culture. Somewhat, the, yes. The, this came up because we were discussing how much uh, Black Panther Two was going to suck in a lot of respects. So you know, it's you know, there's already talk of like Best Picture nomination for this thing. Of course there was. Of course they're going to try and do it. It's a crappy movie. I, I'm, I'm almost certain that movie's going to suck. Go on. Your three-hour runtime. But yeah. I kind of mentioned that, yeah, and, you know, I know Mark likes this other group of people. And I kind of pause for a minute and go, you know, I don't know which ethnic group Mark dislikes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to, here in front of God and everyone watching, <laughs> let me get you in trouble. <laughs> I have no prejudices. Actually, my <laughs> wife, my wife says something funny to me. Like I, I was talking to her about you know my need for engagement for matching energy. You know, I said I what I what I love about doing podcasts with you. And I named you uh, specifically 
is whether we agree or disagree, you are always right there to bat the ball back at me. There is, I, I am never, you, are, I am never not heard by you. <laughs> I am always, there is always equal and equal or greater engagement when you and I are doing this. And I kind of, and I named a few others and I said, I struggle with some other people. And my wife just kind of takes a beat and she looks at me. She's like, why do you hate women? <laughs> so there's oh, your so, answer. So that's it. Okay. Okay. Bit, bro- bit of a broader net that I, I if I were gonna if I were gonna hazard a guess, it would have been Southeast Asia of some variety. I don't know if that would be like <laughs> I don't like them Vietnamese, you know what I mean? I, I don't know so if angry about be, the war. I didn't know if it was gonna be Vietnam or the Philippines or Laos or right. Myanmar, but so real, that, that would have been my quick. guess. <laughs> Races to watch, according to Fox News. We've got the Arizona Senate race. Now that I've offended everyone. (laughs) Just moving past it. We have Kelly up 56 to 41. Fetterman in Pennsylvania up 50 to 46. Beasley up 46. uh, Sorry, Bud up 51 to 46. Um, And then... All right. So, moving on... uh, Hey, if you're hanging out in the chat, I said I just acknowledged some of our friends there. If you've got questions, um, if you got questions co- uh, comments, besides, besides hello, we're happy to put them on screen for you. If you got, uh, if you just want to, you know, make a statement about the election, about you know who you think, um, who you think might take the Senate, who you think might take the House. Uh, if you've got some, if you're if you're one of my friends and you're here in Florida and you've got some hard feelings, the fact that we went way red, uh, <laughs> very out, red, so red, like a horror movie. Dude, um, feel free to put your comments for the on, record, on so you there. all know. Like, DeSantis won Miami-Dade County, like outright. Yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot of like, really, there's not a lot of room for discussion right now about any kind of like Democratic representation here. In <laughs> sorry, my friend just wrote in. I'm not going to put it on screen, but she's like, honestly, I've been ignoring it. <laughs> the ostrich approach, not the it's, worst. It's, it's politics. It's bad for your mental health. You know what? It really is. I, yeah, no disagreement. <laughs> people who people live in that space, man, I you're deranged. Okay, you are, so and just I, I, kill, I applaud just, you for it. Just to kill time. So the very first time I put my t- my dad on TikTok, I got like super um, subscribers. Like my subscriber count went shot up after that, and because I'm into supporting my local content, my fellow content creators. Everybody that liked and subscribed to me, I liked and subscribed back. So then now the way TikTok operates is you can look at your friends or you can just look at like for for you. And that's based on what the algorithm, you know, the stuff that you like in the algorithm. Can I tell you without, because I was just liking people and subscribing just to, just to be reciprocal and not really looking at what I was looking at. My entire feed was like, fuck Trump. You know, Black Lives Matter. It was like every Democrat on TikTok I became friends with, and that is all they talked about. Not a single one wanted to talk about Doctor Strange. They all were talking politics. And I have now gone through the. It looks like they just called the Pennsylvania governor's race for Shapiro, the uh, the Democrat. Not surprising. Um, again, that that's not surprising. He was widely projected to win that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've had to like go back now and start unfriending people because I'm like, I don't want all of this. I really don't. I don't need I don't this. Want- I don't need this on my feed, man. Look, look, I there's... really don't. I don't need middle-aged white people angrily yelling into their phones about whatever is bothering them in that particular moment. It's there... funny with my dad, by the way. I don't need it from anyone else. Look, look you ex- you tolerate it from your family members because they're your family members, right? 
and because it gets me views. Sure, but like I, <laughs> there's people I know, people I mm. like, yeah, who I am not, I do not follow on Twitter, and I am not friends with on Facebook because I know what their feed looks like, and I don't need that. <laughs> and I look, I make it a point to have friends on both sides of the theoretical aisle. I do that for a very specific reason, actually, um, because this is a weird thing about human biochemistry and how the psychology of the human brain has evolved. But do you know what happens when you um, the brain sort the human brain is good at sorting things and it's really good about the one this one particular distinction. It's good about sorting out uh, you know, us from them. Mm-hmm. And to any potential racists out there, you're idiots, first of all. But second of all, there is no racial component to the us or them thing that our brain does. Absolutely none. It is learned behavior. It is 100% learned behavior. All right. So in South Carolina, Scott won the Senate seat. Uh, again, not terribly surprising. And a lot of parity still kind of being maintained. Um, looking um, at the AP again in the in the Senate, uh, it's still forty to. Mm, hang on, let me double check that. Yeah, that. Oh uh, man, that that Georgia Senate. We're at eighty-one percent reporting again. Dead heat, dead freaking heat, man. That is that's a nail biter. That's coming down to the wire. But um, well, you look that up. The point I was making is one of the things that happens when your brain sorts us versus them. And again, us can be anyone. Them can be anyone. You stop seeing people's faces, which is a weird thing, but it's true. You stop perceiving faces. You stop perceiving them as human. And I am terrified about what would happen to me if I start falling into this. And given the ungodly tribalistic nature of American politics and the way we think about each other, I make it a point to have friends who disagree with me. They're not my friends because they disagree with me about things. I would be their friend regardless. But I make it a point to be sure that uh, you know, this is someone who I understand is different than me in a lot of respects, but is I still recognize as human. You can still see so their faces. My friend weighing in here, I'm generally more left-leaning, but I hate hearing people scream about their opinions on both sides, even more You're so left because it's, just, because it's just screeching. That's it. That's you are not generally wrong. been my problem. Like, so I actually I talked about this on the Metal Hammer of Doom. Um, but we were talking about we were talking about the Beastie Boys, and I said, you know. I what don't know the, why a one-hit wonder gets that much. <laughs> oh my god, they're not a one-hit wonder, you lunatic! But of course I mentioned, they are. I mentioned they have one song. On, shut up! Uh, <laughs> I have mentioned it's on sabotage. There, but, that's the only Beastie Boys song. Despite I've never your heard lunacy with regarding the, the Beastie Boys, I know you're just you're just yanking on my chain here, but um, <laughs> I'm just gonna ignore you. But I said, like you and I have had some fairly vocal disagreements. And I said the thing that I've always liked about talking, you know, doing podcasts with you in particular, was that we could just disagree. You saw things. What you make most of damn you Hollywood over the years, whether we called it that or not, was you and I disagreeing. But we True. could. But it was like, but why are you saying that? And we would just kind of go back and forth. I've come to realize that our relationship and our ability to have discourse, not that kind of discourse, you sexy fiends, you know, like normal talking discourse, um, is that we can have a civil disagreement and we we don't and only and only when one of us is in pain and yelling at the other do we ever (laughs) does it ever like boil down to like wanting to punch each other yeah but i have found that a lot of people like if if they're not 
getting agreement as part of their engagement, they can't they can't keep it together. And the conversation doesn't last very long, or the conversation degenerates into just screaming at one another. A lot. That happens a lot. You and I are pretty you and I, not just our relationship with each other, but our ability to do that with other people is fairly atypical. Yeah, I've learned that over the years. It's I get asked yeah, a lot of times like, like why more... I do podcasts. Like because podcasting is about the only venue where I can actually have a civil conversation with people these days. It's true. Um yeah, there's a lot of this is true of people who consume opinion media, and to be abundantly clear, I've been guilty of this, and in certain uh, respects, I still am. People aren't interested in your opinion. They're interested in hearing their opinion come out of your mouth. Yeah. And that's that's very prevalent. And again, well, I try very, very hard to avoid that as a general rule. That came up about the drinker recently, where I said some of the stuff he's putting out is clearly to just to chum the waters of his followers and not really, like... Not not really the kind of intellectual discourse I've come to appreciate from the drinker when he's doing true film analysis. But, you know, that's a, also a conversation for a different day. Hey, the dude, the YouTube algorithm must be fed. If that is a big part of your profession and your income, you do what you yeah. got to do. And no, uh, again, and, like, and I said that I was like, I get it. I, it just I don't like I don't like when people are disingenuous. And that's what mm -hmm. it comes off comes across as. But I also understand the need to pay bills. Well, uh, again, when, as far as, you know, drinkers, since you brought him up, like there's some of his stuff that he's done recently that I haven't agreed with. There's some that I have. Mm -hmm. um, his his spiel about why modern movies suck, I actually find very interesting. Yeah. Because he's touched on like five different things that if you look at the system of movie making and whatnot, like here's the problems and here's the evidence to support my claims about them being problems. And I kind of wind up going, you know what? You're more right than you are wrong about most of these. Speaking of right and wrong, the 2022 Georgia Senate election, this thing, man, this is this is the race right here. This, this is this, that really is, man. That's the one everybody's got. That if you're gonna storm a ballot center, <laughs> you, you, you gotta do one of the ones in Georgia. There's gonna be the so many lawsuits in this election. Uh again, which is not terribly surprising. Um, mm -hmm. Georgia and Arizona have this thing is down some... to a little less than forty thousand. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? It is 49.6 to 48.5 with 82% reporting. That one's that's again, crazy, man. Like that one's gonna be real <clears throat> tight. They are there's a bus right now collecting homeless people to try to get more voters. You are not wrong. <laughs> for the for you're not wrong for the Senate. <laughs> Meanwhile, for the governorship of Georgia, that's becoming wider in favor of Kemp. <laughs> yeah, Kemp's starting to run away with it now with 82. They, they need to call that. This is some bullshit. It's 54% to 45.3 with 300,000 between them. Just call it for and, Brian Kemp, you and, cowards. And we're 80% reporting in, something like that. 82.4, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> come on now. Again, look, no media institution is going to call that because they don't want to say that Stacey Abrams lost again, even though she is just a political loser. All right, so I think the other one was was Georgia District Two. Was that one of the ones we were watching? Um, uh, that that or was Indiana one? Yeah, something like I know. Well, I know that one too, but I'm just kind of keeping in Georgia right now. Mm -hmm. Georgia District Two is got a difference of twenty thousand votes for the Democrat uh, Sanford Bishop. Um, again, they got to start calling some of these. Like Jesus Christ, the margin. Okay, they did call that one for District Three. I was like, come on, man, eighty five percent, sixty nine to thirty. <laughs> so, some of those, I guarantee, like some of those have been called, but some of them yeah, are going to no. be real close. I, I didn't notice the check mark at first. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Most. So most of Georgia has been called at this point. Um, A lot of it. Yeah. 
the only one that's hold the holdout is District Two. It looks like, which is you know kind of a nail biter. Uh, let's look. At, let's check in on Pennsylvania. Oh, that that poor poor state. <laughs> Hope folks are enjoying our. Okay, so we actually have a question here from my friend. I'll put it on screen for her. Is this the election for the abortion thing? We talked about that earlier. Well, I'm finding info. A little bit less. Let's talk about some of these ballot initiatives concerning abortion. We covered this about an hour ago where the media interpretation was that abortion and the the need to want to keep abortion legal was going to drive people to the polls. That has not been the case. Not at all been the case. Yeah, again, this is... In individual states, it might because this is going to wind up being a state thing. And again, my opinion is that it should be. Uh, if if you want to look at how I think the government should be dealing with this, I think that should be a state state by state choice thing. But you know, that's just me. Um, states where it's been an issue, like that have put initiatives forth and whatnot, might be getting slightly higher turnout. But the notion that this is across the board going to drive turnout, well, it turns out to be very very false. All right. Um, like I said, most people don't care. Most people are much more concerned about much more immediate things. Yeah, they are. It, it's in the inflation that's driving people to the polls, as yeah. it is almost in every election. Like that's not news. That's like that isn't like your my some, brilliant fucking analysis. Every for year, some re- <laughs> for some reason, everyone forgets every two years that it's the economy. Stupid the collective amnesia for the last thirty years of elections. We have like- these. We have these social issues that we think are going to be the big driver. And you talk to people and it's like, well, I'm worried about my safety. I'm worried about how much gas costs. And I'm worried about the my taxes. only other time people came to the polls in large numbers for anything that didn't have the economy attached to it was when we were was during the Bush years. And it was because yeah. of uh, the Gulf War. Yep. Uh, well, the Iraq War. Um, that but was a hot in, button. In issue. And there, were, there were people actively like, yeah, I don't, you know, wallet schmollet, I don't want to be there, or wallet schmollet, kill more Arabs. Like, that was a big dividing line. But other than that, like, the only thing that really, historically, if you look at the data, and I want to be clear about this, historically, if you look at the data, the thing that drives people to the, to the polls is things related to the economy, if inflation, jobs, the, pro- the problem is we don't teach those. Like if if you look at what we teach people about election cycles and whatnot, you know the well what what were great moments in American history when things were voted upon? You know we, they talk about big social issues, they talk right. about stuff like that rather than, which is I'm not saying they should be ignored, but that's somewhat atypical and should not be considered the norm. If you think that's the norm, you come away with this notion that well if I put forth everything to be about a social issue, then I'll drive turnout and that's really not the case i guarantee you people are much more concerned about the crime rates within their locales than they are about abortion there was a false assumption about the trump uh, election that what drove that was um to a large degree larger than than in in actuality racism um the uh the border you know illegal immigration that sort of thing in reality a lot of people voted for trump because he thought that he would create there would be large job creation under him there you know we have dealt with this time and time again i have been writing about it when i was doing the 411 politics page well i remember that politics section what a dumpster fire i was a part of that dumpster fire if if you'll recall i know Um, but and and look that's not just the quality of writing being produced that's like the comment section and everything that goes into that it was so dude 
I wrote an article, and this is what I'm getting to. Like me, my dad and I did a highly detailed, highly researched article about how job loss in this country has been due to technology, not because of, not necessarily yeah. because of NAFTA or GATT, and not necessarily because of illegal immigration. Um, it was because of technology. You need less people to make widgets than you used to because you have machines to do it now. Yep. Um, did a whole thing about this. The comments I got were about like two girls, one cup, or like two guys, one hammer. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> 411, everybody. That's why I don't write there anymore. Um, yeah, that's anyway, why. What, <laughs> one of the reasons. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what, what, dro what drove a lot of the Trump election was the, uh, was the belief, religious or otherwise, that with Trump, job, jobs would come back. Jobs for specific kinds of jobs. The kind of job you can do with no education that you can buy a house with. So that's never going to happen. Those days are gone. Those days are like 50 years gone. We live in a completely different world now. At this point, yeah. Um, but people believe that that was a possibility, and that was certainly what he was promising. So they voted for him. Uh, you know. And, and I mean, we've mentioned this. We've mentioned this before as well. Like, if there's not a pandemic in 2022, Trump wins re-election. Yeah, I was convinced of that, and I was convinced of that until COVID, and that pretty much changed everything. Yeah. Again, the his handling of the pandemic. And kind of what came out of that is what changed that. And if you look at how narrowly that election was won, mm -hmm. and if you, again, if you just look at the like, oh, yay, here, you know, if you just look at the electoral uh, returns, like, oh, no, Biden won pretty comfortably. Look at the individual states. That was not a comfortable win at all. Our friend weighing in here. That's why I liked Yang in 2020. He's the only person I've heard running for office talking about automation and actually had a plan for it. Yeah, he was talking about basic income guarantees. When I was in grad school, you low so many years ago in 20 in 2001 through 2004 um so i'm for the record my high school years marks in grad school yeah i'm in i'm in grad school um working in brooklyn in foster care yeah the the basic income guarantee was a hot button topic that was banded around us social work intellectuals um for some it reason took, it still is 20 some odd years later and no and, one's and, learned. Well, I was going to say and it took 20 years for, for for somebody to run it as a major plat as part of his like primary platform. I mean, granted Andrew Yang wasn't going to win an election or anything. He didn't, I don't think he even made it through the primaries. He but did not. it took that long for what was largely considered to be a communist idea to make it to even close to mainstream political discourse. And into this day, there's no serious conversations about a basic income guarantee because there's a lot it's, of there's a there's a there's a lot of zealous belief in the pull yourself up by your own bootstraps mentality okay, that's a as, little that's a little divorced from economic reality. As an economic realist, my issue with the universal basic income is as follows. Everyone who likes to point to places where it works does not like to point out the substantial differences between there and here. Like population size. For starters, like if you're if you have a population, I mean, like you know, people bring up like you know Norway or Sweden or Denmark, none of yeah, which have like, all of which what I was thinking of, all of which like collectively have the population of Southern California. Yeah, with a with a culturally homogenous people, uh, and geographic uh, low numbers and geographic consistency, you can make it work. I don't know that it works for 300 million plus Americans given our current setup. Like all you'll wind up doing with that is driving more inflation because you're just putting more money out there for people to spend. I think there's a conversation to be had about 
elements of a you know um there were i remember in grad school there were people who were not comfortable with an income guarantee but what about a jobs guarantee what about you know government programs that create easy to hot easy to employ menial labor jobs things like that um but then we're those back ex- to the i mean look those exist there's nobody wants them well there's a conversation to be had there is my point okay I, again that, that's a very broad point that i just made but if you're worried about work i guarantee you some local construction company can use you um we can debate the merits of a basic income guarantee in a, on a different podcast when i have some stats in front of me but i want to talk about the pennsylvania senate election john fetterman they're probably about to call i imagine they're about to call that one uh it's only 65 reporting in it is a slow count there in Pennsylvania. There's an old lady with glasses. There's like, a lot. The of, <laughs> it's there's like a lot of one. Slow there's a lot of two. slow things in Pennsylvania. Yeah, at least of the, which are the two people running for Senate? They got the fucking Amish counting bet ballots in Pennsylvania, man. This did not take that long. Um. Anyway, so John Fetterman is up uh, less than a hundred thousand, and it's looking like yeah, about forty thousand votes. Uh, for governor, they called the Pennsylvania governor race for Shapiro, I believe. Shapiro, yes, yep. The it's called for Shapiro. That's done already. Again, again, not surprising. He was again widely projected to win that. All right, so Pennsylvania District One um, with thirty four point nine, only thirty four point nine percent. Why? <laughs> Why? Stop getting the Amish to count your votes. No, no, no. Um, Get the Amish to count your votes. They're efficient. The Amish are an efficient people, Mark. <laughs> They're slow as shit is what they are. Um, uh, that's you know, it is It is always it. It's always the newfangled ballot boxes that you have problems with. You notice that, like, the old ones, like in the backwoods of Oklahoma or something that have been there since the time mm-hmm. of FDR, and you punch the ballot, like, you don't have a problem with those. So it's so funny. I voted um, I voted today at my, my local uh, polling place. It's the Bay Area Life Church here in Valrico. And um, they hand me my ballot and everything. And I'm thinking, and I see the boxes, like the voting boxes, whatever. I'm like, okay, they've got to have electronic like booths, right? Like, nope. You know, and then um, and then and um, I go to uh I, I think there's gonna be something in there. Like I, I thought they just handed me like a guide or something. I didn't realize it was my actual ballot. No, they had uh... They hand you the ballot, and then there's like a mm-hmm. podium in there, or a lectern where you that you have to put the thing on so you can right. mark down. Right. Yeah, I didn't have a pen, and I needed one because that's the kind of ballot we pen. had. No, I had to like run and go get a pen. And they're like, yeah. you can keep it, and I'm like, no, it's all right. You can have your stupid pen back. But I was very disappointed. Like, like, why don't we have electronic voting machines in Florida, especially with especially with our record in voting? Well, to be fair, like you guys haven't had a bad record in voting since. 2000 mm. like um, then you kind of got your act together all right so there's a bunch of races that were already called in pennsylvania but district one is still open um with 34.9 percent reporting in for uh ashley has that's how you pronounce your name um district five only 19 percent reporting in that's for the at uh district six No, Mark seems to be frozen again. Right, might be catching up. Uh, 
There we go. There Back. we go. Yay. Yay. Stupid laggy internet. Um, all right. Uh, District 5 is still open. District 6, District 7, District 8. All, almost all for the Democrats. District 9 was already called for uh, Daniel Moiser of um, the Republican Party. 10 and 11 are still open. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, all called. And then finally, 17 still open with 85.9% reporting in. We have Chris Deluzio uh, winning by about 30,000 votes. That one, they got to call that one soon, I would imagine. Yeah, one would, one would assume. All right. We have five minutes till the polls close again. So we'll stay with you through the next series of poll closing, see if anything. Uh, probably, we'll probably be here for another 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And then um, we're going to call it for the evening. I got to go to work tomorrow. I work. I work, Robert Winfrey. I'm a working man. I imagine you will be dealing with a lot of people who are upset and who went out tonight and committed crimes, and you will be screening <laughs> and processing a lot of them. <laughs> Florida Florida is not the blue state I wanted it to be, so I robbed a radio shack. Radio shack's not a thing anymore, Mark. <laughs> it might be you know, in some parts of Florida. Okay, fair enough. But you know that that does that does bear some examination briefly. Like, what do people leave in loot anymore? Whatever's in the storefront. I, I know that, but like, with the death of so much retail, I mean, there's still stuff that exists. <laughs> I, I, I know it exists. Like, there's physical buildings <laughs> I, that they I, break into. All that's like, left is restaurants. People are like looting falafel and shit. Wouldn't surprise me, or you know, if you live in, if you live in Seattle, when it's that's just all it is every day. The homeless just kind of walk in, walk past you as you're in line at Starbucks, and just take crap off the, the take stuff and then walk out. Um. All right. What other states do you want to look at real quick? You want to check in on? Uh. Arkansas, or rather Arizona. Let's check Arizona, and then if I could, for the for my own personal amusement, if Utah's, you said Utah had closed, so we might be getting some reporting from that, so. Let's check Arizona first. Again, Arizona's probably about to the point where it's going to look to be called. All right. Um, right now, it looks like Mark Kelly, uh, with 50% of the votes in, um, I, yeah, final results. Mark Kelly... Uh, won the Arizona Senate seat, it looks right. like, I think. Go back. No. There's... Real Clear Politics has that still uh, still going. Okay. Okay. Um, Arizona governor with 50% of the votes... Uh, 50% reporting in. Katie Hobbs is currently in the lead. She's the Democrat versus Carrie Lake. And in the House, whose house runs house? Um, almost every single one of these, it's either close or it's the Democrat. <laughs> Except for Arizona District 8 and 9, where, they, where, where it was a um, Republican and a write-in. Okay, guess who won? Uh, I could guess, but I don't know that you want me to. Yeah, um, okay, so North Carolina is leaning red in its, I believe that's the Senate race. That's 89% reporting in. It is favoring Ted Budd at the moment over Sherry Beasley. I mean, that, that's, they're going to be close to calling that one again. When you get to around 90% reporting, 
Yeah. Um, Pennsylvania has tightened up. Hang on, you mentioned uh, that North a little Carolina. bit ago. Since you brought up North Carolina, let me look at the house here. Um, yeah, North Carolina District 1 looks like it's going to go to the Democrat. District 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 10. Almost every other district, except for 13, looks like it was called already. And District District 13 looks like it's going to Wiley Nickel with 80% um, okay. of the Okay, minor update, for, update from Georgia. Herschel Walker, mm -hmm. with 83% reporting in, is now slightly ahead of Warnock. <laughs> slightly. <laughs> <laughs> That one, man. Again, that's coming. That's going to come down to the freaking wire, as we mentioned before. But Walker seems to be in the lead at the moment, for whatever that's worth. All right. Well, Utah isn't going to close for another minute or so. So. Oh, okay. I thought you mentioned. I thought they'd already closed. So if not, then no worries. Wisconsin. Um, in the Wisconsin Senate, it is a dead heat. Literally, there. It's like a difference of almost three thousand, maybe like even less than that, like two thousand votes. Between Mandela Barnes and Ron Johnson with 59.9% um, reporting. For the governorship, it's another tight one uh, with about uh, give or take 50,000 between Tony Evers and Tim uh, Michaels. Yeah, that's what she said. Um, that would be that's it, what he said. It's funny when you say that's what she said. Uh, I know, but and, it's inaccurate in this case. <laughs> <laughs> in Wisconsin, it looks like the uh, the Republican is ahead with 67.4 reporting in by about 20-ish. Um, it's still pretty close. We have a dead heat with 46.9 reporting in at uh, District 3. And District 7 has Tom Tiff Tom Tiffany in a rather large, uh, like almost 50,000 ahead. So that's that. Yeah, Wisconsin seemed like it was going to have some pretty big turnout. Um, again, I, I think this year you're going to see uh, one of the big things that's going to be analyzed after the fact mm -hmm. um, is the the variance in turnout from state to state. Because, yeah. um, again, Nevada, the youth did not show up. Like, no yeah. one under 35 pretty much showed up to vote in Nevada. Right. Fox is calling the race for um, uh, Murray, I think it is, they said. In the Senate, Washington Senate. See, I have, I have the closed caption on, so it's like covering yeah, yeah. half graphics. God damn yeah, it! Yeah. Um, yeah, they're calling a bunch of Senate uh, Senate seats. Yeah, well, again, we anticipated a lot of those kind of just remaining static, mm -hmm. so not ter not too surprising. Um, actually, the right. again like. So the balance of power in the Senate, uh, we're at Democrats 45, we're at Democrats 45 and Republicans 44. That'll probably go They're back up to 45 again with a couple of these other races that are about to be reported on. So not a lot of movement would be my guess. Um, uh, Real Clear Politics has it 44 to 45. Uh, in the Senate, in the House, it's 101 to 158. And then the governors, it's 13 to 22 in favor of the Republicans. But the Democrats picked up two seats and the Republicans lost two. Yeah, 
Yeah, again, like the House is where a lot of things are flipping around this particular election cycle, it looks like. Again, the Republicans picked up a lot of House seats, um, which is, again, this was largely predicted. All right, our friend here, is there a reason the wording on the ballot is so confusing? <laughs> I saw a sample of it and had to reread it like three times to understand what it was saying. Um, and she unfortunately couldn't mo- vote because she had just moved. But I think it's a good question if you want to tackle that real quick while I gather some data about why wording on the ballots might be um, difficult for people. Because people aren't used to, to processing language that is the language of the law. Is kind of the short answer to that. Law is written in a very kind of specific um, rhythm with a very specific syntax. There's a reason it's called legalese. Like the, that that joke about the language there exists for a reason. And for certain things, when you're voting on, especially again constitutional amendments, ballot initiatives, etc., they tend to be worded in in roughly approximate some rough approximation of the language that will be used in the final uh in kind of the final iteration and that's just not a way most people are used to thinking about they're not used to reading um it's just experience and exposure to a type of language you know kind of the same reason people struggle with shakespeare in some respects if you just read it like you're not used to some of the the language usage you're not used to some of the rhythm and the uh so mostly it's that all right, um, let's quick go through the races to watch, and then I think we're going to call it for the evening. Governor race is too close to call. New York, Arizona, Michigan, Nevada, and New Mexico. Um, New York, again, oh. New York's probably going to wind up going to Kathy Hochul. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be a little bit, again, that's going to be closer than you'd think it would for New York, you know, the, the state being what it is, but yeah, um, especially right. with, you know, how... Crime has just kind of skyrocketed in New York City. Okay. So whipping through the states that we're currently watching, um, Georgia, the Senate, Warnack uh, versus Walker, uh, Andre versus Hogan. Um, with at, the, 80s. at the moment, leans toward, leans ever so slightly towards Herschel Walker. We are talking like less than um, about 30,000 votes. It's like a drop uh, in the bucket. Wow, uh, that's actually uh, that's actually wider than it was the last time I looked at that. It was a lot closer. Than, I mean, that's still a ridiculously close, just to be abundantly clear. Yeah, it's at eighty six point one with eighty six point one reporting in. Um, Herschel Walker has the slightest, like we are talking a one percent lead over yeah. Warnock. That's all you need at the end of the day, but boy, that's I mean, close. well, I think well, when I, it's that close, it, like it generates a recount, so we probably won't get an answer to that one until again, like, yeah, that, unless somebody decides to concede, and neither of them mm-hmm. will. Not who concedes when it's that close, though. Al Gore. Um. All right. <laughs> Tell <laughs> uh, me I'm wrong. <laughs> with 86 percent reporting in, uh, Brian Kemp has a substantial lead over Stacey yeah. Abrams. Um. Again, that, look, look, Stacey Abrams is once again going to declare herself governor at, by personal fiat, and then we'll, a giant chunk of the media apparatus will pretend that she's the governor of Georgia. <laughs> That's what she did four years ago, if you'll recall. All right, well, there's a difference of about 300-ish, plus or minus, votes between Brian Kemp and Stacey Abrams with 86% pointing. They said about 300,000, give or take. 
I'm curious. Normally, when like it's that high, they'll start calling it, especially with that many votes in between. Well, but when they, I, when again, they don't, it's because they're waiting for like they're waiting for like an outlier district to report in that hasn't yet. Things like that. Like, something like they, that, yeah. one, of the, one of the things I used to like about watching um, election coverage was the minutia of vote counting and districting. And they were like, well, you can't call it because this district tends to vote one way and they are not in yet. And if they and if they vote the way they we think they're going to, it's going to flip the script a bit. Um, most of the House races have been called. So yeah, again, lot, most of these are going red. Yep. District one, red. District two, blue. District three, ride. Red. Ride Four, the red wave, maybe. Five, blue. Six, red. Seven, blue. Eight, red. 9 red, 10 red, 11 red, 12 red, 13 blue, and 14 red. So, yes, it was more red than blue, it looked like. I think, well, uh, and, and again, when we look nationally at, at the House and what's happened at the moment, the Republicans have picked up a giant chunk of seats. Yeah, I think it's like one, two, three, four, five blue districts. The rest is deep red. Deep, deep red. So that's Georgia. Let's go over to um, on. Yeah. Okay. Here's the last thing I'm going to say on. Uh, well, you bring that up just because we started this thing with Florida. Um, it's kind of assumed at this point that Trump's going to try and run for president again in 2024. God, I hope not. I think if he were smart, he would just, he would not run, but he would kind of support DeSantis. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I think if DeSantis runs in 2024, I think he wins. Yeah, most assuredly. He's like, he's kind of like the new Rudy Giuliani in that like, oh, he's America's president. You know what I mean? Like like that kind of. Uh, the number of people. The number of people who but again, it's because of what happened here in Florida. Yeah, people looked at people looked at Florida and were like, "I wish he was our governor." Right or wrong, stupid so or not much. stupid, that was that was the sort of anecdotal take. It's so much of boy, DeSantis really knew what he was doing, really handled that well. You know, in the same vein, like you guys just had a hurricane, right? Mm -hmm. And don't remind me, I lost so much that week. Okay. <laughs> Concerts I didn't get to go to, dates oh, I didn't get to go on. Okay, things that I was, don't actually, things that don't really matter. Like I, I had to pause. Matter to like, me, <laughs> Mark. <laughs> don't actually matter. Any and all of those can be refunded or rescheduled. The, I had to live in the jail for a week. It sucked. Okay, that yes, that sucks. And you have my eternal sympathy for spending a week at your job. That is like I don't wish that on too many people. Thank you. Like that that you have my sympathy for. I had to reschedule my concert. No, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but point is, you had a pretty serious hurricane come through. Yeah, it like fucking leveled Fort Myers. It looked like Baghdad. And the entire Democratic apparatus could not find bad things to say about Ron DeSantis, how he handled a big natural disaster either. All right. Um, just so we can close up for the evening, um, looking at gonna look at pennsylvania real quick because i think that's the other big state um yeah this one all right now fetterman slightly in the lead here yeah again that that closed up a bit but it does still favor him 
by about 40-ish thousand votes uh, with 72.7 reporting in. Too close to call. I, I, yeah. that, that Again, looking at what districts have reported, that is still a bit too close to call, but yeah, my hunch um, would be Fetterman. We said before they've already called it for they've already called the governor for uh, Josh Shapiro yeah. by a fairly large margin. Yeah, again, that one wasn't that much as I have issues with Shapiro. Again, to the extent that I'm aware of issues with him, um, I don't think that was terribly surprising. Like he's not one of those wildly controversial figures. District one still out um, with about five thousand votes between the two candidates. District six about twenty thousand between the Democrat and the Republican. Um, about seven, no, about 10, uh, about 14,000 for District 7 between the Republican and the Democrat. About 15 in District 8. 2,000 in District 10 with 75.8 reporting. And that, that's, Ooh, that's another close. horse race. Yeah, that's close. All right. Anything else before we start to wrap up? No, I think that's kind of what we're we're going to wind up with here. Again, my predictions as far as that goes, I, I think the Senate's going to remain pretty much where it was, which is about 50-50. Um, there's a maybe one seat uh, that, that might still flip. So that kind of remains to be seen. But, well, I mean, again, the Georgia seat might flip. We have no idea what's going on with that sucker. <laughs> Um, they might, right. they might, they, what they might wind up doing is pulling a King Solomon with that. And okay, you have a, there's a six year tenure for this chair. Three years will be Warner. Three years will be <laughs> Walker. You guys can go back, every, you can go back and forth each year. Uh, that'll be fun. So, uh, but the house is going to, is going red pretty demonstrably, which is not surprising. So, uh, according to Real Clear Politics, just a final tally before we, Ouch. Well, Mark, we need to celebrate. That we we need to acknowledge that this election. Do we know what this election is, Mark? Do I have what to is say this it? election? Well, with the Republicans winning so much, this is the last election that will ever be oh held my in God. America. <laughs> our, democ our democracy, Mark. Our democracy. Yeah. We won't be here in two years for a presidential election. Um, the elect the Senate currently stands at forty-four to forty-five in favor of the Republicans. The House has it 104 to 166, with nine seats gained by the Republicans and nine seats lost by the Democrats. Yeah, that, the, that and that's and for the record, I think that statistic is going to get worse for the Democrats before the night's over. Um, and then finally, the governors, uh, Democrats 14 with plus two seats, Republicans 23, even though they lost two seats. So that is where we stand. Yeah. Um, let me say this final thing to people um, who are who might be listening to this in the next day or so and you know and they're democrats and they're like why didn't we do better here's the thing you win some you <laughs> one you win some you lose some two do you, want, do you want me to tell you why you didn't do well <laughs> two hang on <laughs> the pattern is always like this is the pattern the, the pattern is you about every two years it switches unless there's like a major catastrophe uh, a war or a plague for the most part people have enough patience er, people have the patience every two years and then they want to switch they, they something something changes it's very rare that the party in control maintains control for the entire four-year span yeah, of a president you, yeah you almost never see a president have 
uh, have a have one party control the House and the White House and both houses of Congress for a full four years. Like that, right. Almost never happens. So, I mean, so why did you lose other than some of the, you know, some of the more picking union uh, reasons and you lost because it was your turn. Like, <laughs> look, it was your turn to lose. You hitched your horse to the wrong issues to try and run mm-hmm. and nobody likes Biden. So, well, you know, I mean, look, look, this is one of those things that gets discussed. Uh, if the top of your party, if the top of your ticket is unpopular, that hurts everyone further down. It rolls downhill. Think of it this way. I don't, in, it, so so the Republicans won most of their elections this term. In two years, it'll be your turn again, and your guy will stay okay. president. There you go. Well, well, two things about that. One, Biden's not running again. You don't think the so? Dude, he's barely sapient right now. <laughs> he have you not let me ask seen... you a question about that? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think right. Kamala Harris steps in and runs and, and runs as president? Because I'll tell you. On the one hand, kind of on kind of unless there's a plague, an active plague, it's hard to unseat a sitting president. However, it's not the actual sitting president. It It might be a lot easier. It would not be hard to beat Kamala Harris. She is a terrible politician. I don't doubt that. But hang on. Do you want to know how bad she is at this? I absolutely mean this. Do you want to know how bad she is at this? She had to withdraw from the Democratic presidential primary procedure before the first primary because because she sucked (laughs) okay like no no i mean it that's how bad she was she couldn't actually get elected she could not win a single primary she could not win anything she had to withdraw before like the first or second primary was even completed that's how little traction jady vance wins the ohio senate race so we actually have like a good race to call before we get out of here um, again, Kamala Harris makes Hillary Clinton look like a warm and welcoming human being. All right, folks. Um, that is our, <laughs> tell, me I'm wrong. Tell, um, tell me I'm wrong. That's all that I is ask. our midterm election night, 2022 alternative commentary for this year. Hey, neither one of our jaws hurt everything more or less worked, you know, minus some laggy, uh, laggy internet at times. Uh, this was fun. I, it's been, like I said, it's been a long time since I've been able to do this. It was fun to just kind of get all nerdy with the political with our political coverage so i enjoyed uh, i enjoyed our conversation i hope you all did too uh this is i think it for me for this week um well let me while you look up your while you look up the schedule let me sign this off the way i usually sign these things off people out there (laughs) i know you're worried i know you have reason to be worried Oh, for the love of <laughs> Fair enough. Here's what here's look, I said this when Trump won. I said this when Trump lost. It's gonna be okay. This is not the end of the world. Like the end of the world might be coming, and it might, relatively speaking, be imminent, depending on how what you believe. This is not the end of the world. This is not the most important election of your lifetime. This is not trying to vote in or out a party of genocide or anything ludicrous like that. This is business as usual. Stay informed about the local issues. Stay involved if you choose to be involved. That's all fine and dandy. It's okay. The people around you in your immediate vicinity matter so much more than the vast majority of stuff the politicians talk about. So much more. The majority of this does not matter. And it will not affect you in any kind of meaningful way. You're going to be all right. 
People around you who care about you will still care about you. People around you who don't like you will still not like you. And screw them anyway. <laughs> and Mark and I will be back here in two years to talk about the actual end of the world. <laughs> because next year, Mark, two years from now, the last election in the history of America will take oh place. God. I'm sure of it. I am going right. to use that, by the way. <laughs> Sunday night was our first ever Metal Hammer of Doom jukebox. Other than learning that I cannot live stream music videos without tripping up YouTube and making it think I'm spamming or commuting a community violation of some kind, it was a good show. We had a good we we talked we reviewed the new Slipknot. I talked uh, the fall concerts that I went to, and then Jesse took us back to 1992, the most influential metal albums of that year. So we had a great conversation. We watched some fun videos. All in all, very successful show. I thought uh, check it out in the archives. I've listened to it a bunch of times. Speaking of successful shows. Um, Alexis Haina led a panel of David Wright and co, uh, two other members, uh, Andrew Rose Co. and David Lozano. She talked House of the Dragon, did a great job with that. Tomorrow, um, there's no show, <laughs> as near as I can tell. Thursday, um, we're going to be airing the Everyone Loves a Bad Guy, the MCU Part 2. That was Robert Winfrey and Benjamin J. Cologne. And then the evening, Alexis Haina will be reviewing Cabinet of Curiosity. And, I will uh, be on that. This weekend, we're re-airing our Daniel Hollywood for Jason Bourne, and then the Long Road to Ruin for the Jason Bourne trilogy with Matt Damon. He's in the movie. Uh, Matt Damon, he's in the movie. He ne the Next week, um, I will be doing a review with Ronnie Adams and David Wright for the Lord of the Rings Rings of Power show on Amazon Prime. I'm and so then sorry. Are, <laughs> and we are back here. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel for Wakanda Forever, Black Panther 2, Electric Oh, just shoot me in the head with your three-hour runtime, you piece of crap. It's probably going to be a three-hour podcast. It's got you, me, David, and Alexis on there, so hooray. All right, that's all for me. Thanks. I'm driving. Robert Winfrey, uh, I'm going to pee. You do your plugs. All right. I cover professional wrestling, which is only marginally more comical than American politics. I cover that a few nights a week. AW's Dark Elevation on Monday, MLW on Thursday, WWE SmackDown on Friday. So my latest episode of uh, the latest episode of AEW is up now. Again, MLW will come out on Thursday, and then SmackDown on Friday as they start gearing up for whatever's next. What is next? Survivor Series will be next. Slash War Games. Slash whatever the heck they're gonna call it. So be on the lookout for that if you're so inclined. I cover mixed martial arts, uh, mostly the UFC in the MMA zone mania.com. This coming Saturday is UFC 281. They're back in Madison Square Garden. We've got two title fights and a great lightweight fight between Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier. That will be fireworks. If you want a full preview of that particular card, I host the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast on Sundays. This last week is a predominantly a preview of UFC 281, plus news of the week and a review of last week's show, which... Eh, it existed. So that's where you can find me. I already mentioned it a little bit, but uh, Thursday, a couple of days from now, I will be on the TV party for the Netflix show that is Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Uh, that should be a fun little discussion. I, for the most part, enjoyed it. So not ever, uh, So that particular anthology series, we'll be reviewing it. Should be a good time. So tune in for that if you're, again, if you feel so inclined. If you're only interested in politics, Mark occasionally does the Whiskey Rebellion. I think he does it once a month now. Yes? Yeah, once a month. So be on the lookout for the next time he can 
offend everyone as much as humanly possible in the space of two hours. That is the goal. And you are very good at it. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you for tuning into our election coverage. For Robert Winfrey, I'm Mark Radelich. Be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>